passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. That's right. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Door. Bumper. Clear. This is Door Bumper Clear presented by OfferPad. I'm TJ Majors. We're thawed out from Martinsville and have returned with plenty of hot takes, as you can imagine. We'll cover Dale Jr. yelling at me again on the radio, why the cup race was so bad, Ty Gibbs versus Sam Mayer, racing Bristol dirt on Easter, and more. Here we go. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. Everybody, I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the six cup car, the one truck, and the 88 expandy car. <laughs> and joining me at the table. Hey guys, Casey Boat here. <laughs> uh as you try and tape up my mouth. I am We couldn't the, be so lucky. I know. You're lucky to have me. I'd already like to switch back to Jason's side. Honestly, I'm sick of Brett. But anyways, VP of babysitting and marketing. Here for GBC. And Who are we? president of the Airhead Club today. I don't know what you're talking Brett about. Griffin, spotter <laughs> for Colleague Racing. I had Daniel Hammer call on Saturday and Justin. <laughs> but Casey, what are you trying to put in my mouth right now? <laughs> and yeah. a struggling Justin Haley. Ceiling Actually, fan. I had Daniel Hammer call Friday. A ceiling fan. Uh, and then we had, you guys are idiots today. Freddie, get me out of this jam. <laughs> Uh, what's up? Freddie Kraft, spotter for Bubba Wallace, Landon Castle, and Derek Krause over the weekend. Um, I don't know what the hell's going on on that side of the table, but we've also got our amazing producer, Jason. Jason Schultz, DBC producer. I won a sprint car race over the weekend, FYI. I saw, I saw Congratulations. Congratulations. We're racing Bristol Dirt. Is that, is that how you were able to afford to bring us to Bojangles Biscuits yes, this exactly. morning? That was a big box of biscuits over there. Thank you. Is that your official announcement? Yeah. Your- I'll be in some truck this weekend. Some truck. We're going to do a hype video later in the week to really reveal it. <laughs> TB12 is my sponsor. You'll, you'll be my oh TBC my pick gosh. for the week. TB12, whatever. TB12. All right. Well, how was uh, Martinsville? Cold rain sucked. Anything oh, my else? cold. <laughs> Holy cold. Dude, well, it went. The one day snowed. it went from raining to really nice. 
to terribly cold. Like it was like you had four seasons. Yeah, you had the whole deal. <laughs> you had the whole year in one day. The start of that Xfinity race was cold. Like legitimately 40 mile an hour winds. Cold. Yeah. Yeah. It was cold. Yeah. But we survived. I got a text from Kyle Rush and he said, Looks, are you cold? Looks cold. I said, Well, I'm not warm. I can promise you that. Like, I guess they, they panned a shot of the I got home uh, Saturday night and I just ran a scalding hot bath and I just laid in a bathtub. I just a, get warm. I had a bowl of soup. <laughs> Megan's, I, I'm always, I need to be like freezing cold at night. Like, so I have the air down as low as it'll go. I'll have the fan on in the room. And I'll bet the, I'll bet. I, I have I found out this morning why I have the fan on the room. But, uh, <laughs> what is it with fans I, and babies it, only? We talked about it before you got here. Yeah, it's, it's not appropriate for you. Uh, TJ, how was it switching cars for the Xfinity race? Man, I don't know if it's old age or what, but he's getting mellower as um he gets we run here. I didn't get yelled at one time, so we even got spun out, and I didn't get yelled at. Wow. Did did he did like one of his drivers wreck him? I can't believe the golden boy. In my opinion, yes. Wow. Like in the so this hat like this this is becoming a common theme for this guy. Last year's truck race, same thing. Dale Jr.'s here. Oh <laughs> <laughs> We were just talking he about was you. just talking <laughs> about you and you walked in the door. Weird. <laughs> What's up? Yeah, honestly, oh, I'm, I'm good. What a special day this hey, is for going over clear. It's about damn time. About you, Boss so man Dale is here. Stop. TJ, say that again. Say what you just hey, said. Man. <laughs> what do you say? Look, we're, <laughs> are you guys <laughs> me? <laughs> really? I mean, yeah, it's yeah, too. too. <laughs> I mean, geez. I swear I didn't tell him. I know. Well, yeah, we didn't, we didn't coordinate. Great minds think alike. Yeah. TJ, did you know he was coming? No, he I had did. no idea. You're lying. You want yeah, a show only, sheet? Only a total surprise. Oh, I think only two or three people. In here. <laughs> you missed a good conversation. Welcome to the, the best podcast in NASCAR. So, yeah. So the in ten minutes, you already got through the good part. Oh yeah. Jason is probably going to have to cut it out, but uh, yeah, well, that's probably accurate. Poor TJ's going to have to say something completely different than he just said a minute ago. Now, yeah. so it'll be a well. I can roll it back. Whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. was, um, no, actually, I was giving. I said, "Man, you didn't yell one time." It was actually pretty good. After after last week's uh, door bumper clear, I was I made it a point to be extremely nice uh, that's to you. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Because I heard what he said. He's, well, he's, he didn't sound you know, like he was excited at all. No, not, at all not even a little bit. About doing that. No. No. <laughs> when I was talking to Brown, I'm like, Brandon, uh, man, I'm going to need I'm gonna need to work this other weekend uh, with him. Sorry. Um. <laughs> so he puts on a good front. <laughs> yeah. No matter who's in it. He, he forgot where he came from. Yeah. No, it, it was good. I It was fun time. But yeah, I could definitely tell you put some extra emphasis on that. Yeah. We were, we were talking <laughs> about, we thought one of your drivers spun you out. Yeah. Or was the cause of you spinning out at least? I haven't seen uh, the replay, but I know it was either the 51 or the 8. But maybe both, oh, yeah, of, them it was both of them together. It was together. A kind of a, a com- combined effort to get you out of Wasn't, the fi- wasn't uh, Jeremy the one that talked about drinking beer on pit yeah. road to start with? He did. He, t- he sent me a tweet, and I was like, hey, man, bring it on. We're going to have a he cooler. He just wanted to make sure you showed up after. That's right. Basically. We're going to have a cooler beer. And uh, so I saw him behind me, and I thought, all right, he'll take care of me. You know, we'll get through these last few laps, get home in one piece. And he would hit me in the middle of the corner, but it was fine. Um, and then, the, yeah. Yeah, it was him. The, <laughs> the restart happened. Everybody was doing – something was going on in front of the 39. And I thought, I'm not going to go to the inside of him and get three wide and get all messed up. I'll just push him. So I'm pushing him as hard as I can. And we weren't going anywhere because the stuff in front of me must have been pretty big. And so all that, 
you know, pressure came from behind. We went down the corner and got turned around. They got trying to outbreak each other. And I don't know if they were really trying to get to you. They were just trying to gouge each other. But yeah, yeah. four wide t- typically doesn't work in the one. No, no. That, that's not going to work. <laughs> we regrouped. And that, well, yeah, and then some uh, of the best radioactive. <laughs> We're going to win an award for that one. Don't worry. Jason has it, too. I almost told Brad I was just going to take Saturday off because I did such a good job on, yeah. on Friday night. I was just going to, I was done for the yeah, weekend. I thought you were going to retire. That was the end of it, right? I would have if we got wrecked. <laughs> All right, buddy. Talk me through this, man. I'm sure there's somebody going to be backwards coming to the green. Called it. Called a shot. There was 20 of them backwards. <laughs> there was definitely right. a lot of them. Leader, 10 from the mark. Five away. Ready. Ready. Green, green, green. Rolling fine, rolling mm-hmm. fine. Rolling fine, rolling fine. Stop stacking. Check it up. Wreck, 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 wreck. Check it up. Stop, 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 stop. Go through the middle. Go check it up. Stop, 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 stop. Come on through the middle. Your lane's open. Your lane's open. Your lane's open. Your lane's open. You're good. Come on through. You're clear. This is the best part. <laughs> you talked me through it. I did it. <laughs> good job. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go to the truck now. Come All right, on. buddy. I'm done for the day. And you yeah. thought you were going to get fussed at the whole race last he did. week. And you, he, were, you were threatening to quit and everything else in there. He, 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 he heard the clip. He retweeted it. He gave me all these great lap times during the race. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Every time he gave I me normally, a lap time, I was like, thanks, man. That made me <laughs> I normally give lap times, but normally he's usually like, uh, like at Richmond when the tires are falling Oh, everybody off. knows. Oh, yeah. yeah. We are all aware. I give great lap time. <laughs> Every lap time I give is perfectly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, you're all right. His lap time is accurate compared to what he doesn't know, but yeah, well, his lap time me, was accurate. If you give me a chance, we got to settle in. You get more, then you're like, okay, we're in the right rhythm here. <laughs> the weird part was is we had no practice the last couple of years, so I'd go get in the car and get in the race, and we'd start running, and he's like, that's a that's a you know 2360. I'm like, what does that mean? What does everybody else Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Relative to what? That, yeah. Yeah. And so we had a little practice this weekend, and so I had a, my mind zoomed in on a little bit about what kind of pace we needed to run. And, I had no idea what the pace was going to be. It was hot that day. Yeah. It was hot com- then compared to when we raced. So, yeah. Who knows? You buckled in. How much did you miss it after you buckled in? Um, man, I was so nervous. Uh, the one thing that is weird is like I was so nervous all day long, really a whole week. I was miserable. Um, really? Yeah. Like I was you're, happy. You're a champ. You're, you're a I was happy. champion. I was happy about it, excited to do it, looking forward to it. But my wife can tell you, like, the, the week before a race or every week when I was a race car driver full-time was, uh, like, my mind's somewhere else, you know? Um, we had an argument in the house because uh, Isla is supposed to – Isla can't sleep, and, uh, you know, you can't let your daughter nap late in the afternoon. Right, because right? mm-hmm. they don't want your night. Yeah. Yeah, right? That's my Up problem right now. <laughs> right. They have a nap time, and it's, it's at 12 to 3 or whatever it is, right? And if they miss that, then they don't get to nap, right? You got to keep them up. That's what Megan does to me too. And so Isla comes downstairs and she's laying, sitting beside me watching. We're watching something on TV. It's something to keep her attention, some cartoon. And uh, and I'm on my phone and Amy come downstairs about six o'clock and I was asleep. She's like, you got to keep her up. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. My mind's so distracted. Like I couldn't yeah. even do the, the basic, you know, things that, that you do. But uh, I couldn't pay attention to nothing. I couldn't, you know, I was out of the, I was out of the game, but it was uh my day to day was pretty rough leading up to the race, but uh, and when I got in the car, it goes away. You know, when you get in the car and you start pacing, it's perfect. It feels this is what you want, yeah. yeah. And so um, then once the race starts and you kind of get in there and get to duking it out, I was panicking a little bit those first twenty laps because our car was freaking tight. We were yeah. so tight, so bad, and I thought, man, this is it gonna was, be it tough. Was, 
we were still maintaining. We're still going forward. Well, I'm forward, watching Noah, that's and he's I, going yeah. and going, passing, passing, and then I couldn't see him anymore, and I'm thinking, man, we're in trouble. I looked up. I was like, the nine and junior started right next to each other, right around each other, and he was he's, straight away ahead yeah. of you, about, yeah. you know, before that stage break. I, I was, saw him take off, too, but I Noah's was like that. <laughs> Noah's pretty was, good. Our car was tight, so we were tight in practice, and so I knew our balance wasn't great. We didn't we we i wanted to put rear spring in it but you can at that point you got what you got you can just do track bar and wedge and uh so it just took our car a long time to get going uh but if i had to do it all over again i'd probably put about 100 150 pounds in the right rear and a little bit of left rear spring just propping the back up and getting it down on the left front but um it was uh we made some adjustments and got it a little bit better as the race went on but it was um it was pretty pretty rough there to start. But you, you grew up racing with a lot of cup guys when you came into the Xfinity Series, and obviously you ran full-time. Were you surprised by how good those guys are? So that's sort of my um, – you forget that, you know, when you get in there, when you race all – you know, race as long as we, we have, you think, man, I can just hop back in there and I, sh- I expect to run top 10, top 5. You know, top 5 is a good day. I, I, could be, I should be able to do that. I don't care if I've taken a year off, two years off. I should be able to hop right back in there and get right to it. Um, and I've always wondered what it is about drivers that retire and fall off, right? We watch, you know, I'm just going to say some names. It's not really picking on anybody, but like Daryl Waltrip or, or Dale Jarrett. And there's reasons. There's equipment reasons and other reasons why these guys sort of tail off or why they lose some of that performance. It's some of it's the car, some of it's the situation they're in, the crew chief, the, the chemistry, but it's also physical or mental, right? And there's something happening in that driver and that person, that passion, that drive or whatever. And I've always wondered exactly what it is. And uh, I, 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 it's opening my eyes to it a little bit going and running these races because these kids, man, they are fast. They live it every day. When you don't live it every day, when you don't, when I'm, I, don't, I don't get up and go to the competition meeting, uh, and then watch tape and then sit in the office of the crew chief all week. I'm not doing any of those things. They are, right? They live it every single day. So when they get in the car and buckle in, just like Mark Martin used to do in the 90s, they can hit that lap right on the race. They go right on the racetrack, and they are right to speed, right? Yeah. I needed about 40 laps to really kind of clean up the cobwebs and get everything, you know, clean up the lap and get where I could run okay and then start talking about the car. But um they're they're fast. They're skilled. They're dialed in, and they're aggressive. They're tuned. They're aggressive. Old men aren't. The, Old the, men are not the, aggressive. The gentleman things kind of gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way yeah, I race, gone. where you kind of give and take a lot, and you just you know, uh, that's not the that's not the culture anymore. No. In 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 almost in the cup garage too. You know, the cup cup side, they race a lot harder than we used to uh, for position because it's so hard to pass. You can't afford to give up a spot. No. You can't let a guy go and expect him to give it back to you later. He ain't gonna want to. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's different, and it does highlight, I think, for me, how talented they are. I always think about it like this. So I was naive to think that I could jump in there and compete with those guys anytime I wanted. But when you really get down to it, you know, the Cup Series is the most elite stock car series in the, in the country, maybe the world. The Xfinity Series is that college level, right? Um, they're right behind these guys. Um, you know, a, a, a quarterback or a defensive end, let's just say for football, right? Any, any skill position, you're not going to take two years off, jump right back in the middle of the game and be able to perform. Right. Like that. Ain't you got to happen. No, you no. need, you got, these guys get, you know, they need a few weeks to get into game shape. Also fit mentally get into game shape, right? 
uh, the speed of it and all, it all kind of starts to make sense after a while, but you don't jump right back at it and do it. And so it's, it's a bit naive for me or anybody, I think, to think that you can just hop right back in there and go. And I got to tell you, I remember your rookie year in Cup at Martinsville. You hit everything, including the pace car. And then you, <laughs> you eventually, though, mastered Martinsville. You were, you were one of the best when you were at your peak of your career. And I expected you to get in there, no different than probably you did, to get in there and be a stud. And not that you weren't a stud, but I expected we're going to qualify top seven. You didn't. You're going to go up there and you're going to, you, once you stayed out and you got track position, you, you look like you got your rhythm back. Like I was thinking the same thing you were thinking. This is a Mark Martin level guy where he can just jump back in here and go lead laps and win the race. And, and when you didn't, I was like, man, this just proves how hard this series is yeah. right now. Yeah. You got to have it all lined up all all just right for you to be able to go out there and be competitive. And there was a bunch of pieces missing when that race, race started. Some of it was, was a balance of car. A lot of it was me. As the race went on, we got it balanced better. I felt like I was getting better, but I want to go do it again. I think if we go back next year. Uh, That's all I wanted to hear. You want to do it again? Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to do it again. I love driving the cars and I need to, I, but the thing is, is like, I kind of either need to do it more. For TV? To be better. Yeah. Does it help you for TV? Well, it does help. It? Yeah. Yeah. Because like you say, I mean, it reminded me of how good they are. And I think we take that for granted sitting up there in the booth you're watching it over and over and over and 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 you just you're talking nuts and bolts or strategy or what a guy's thinking or feeling but we we sometimes kind of forget that these are the elite he's the best guys out there yeah you used to stay up all night after a race you stay up all night uh yeah yeah i did uh i stayed up all on into saturday night (laughs) (laughs) he partied on pit road i could uh i could tell he was nervous because i went out there um when the girls had their their little girl night and um me and him are sitting out there. The girls are playing on the playground, and he's like, "Everything about racing anymore?" I'm like, eh, "Every maybe now and then." And then I look over there, and he's kind of looking off a little bit. And I see um, Nicole up on top of the swing set, getting ready to swan dive. You know, onto the uh, you know, I'm like, "Oh, uh, yo!" And he's over there just <laughs> yeah, thinking about <laughs> what was going on. Uh, I'm going go. go. <laughs> so, if you had any like on your list next year, who, where would you go? I really love Martinsville, and I think I didn't, I didn't get everything out of that that I wanted in terms of performance. I'd love to go back and try again to, to run better, um, knowing what I know now. Uh, the short runs in that series, the lack of tire wear, the grip, uh, the cooler temperatures, all those things, uh, we weren't quite prepared balance-wise for how that race was going to play out. And I don't know that I would have been able to prepare any better because I just didn't know. But going back, I think I could, uh, I could perform better. Uh, qualifying, man, I was sweating bullets. I told everybody going in to that, uh, to that race, I was like, man, it ain't a lock. I got to, I'm a go or go homer, right? I've never experienced that for one. Wow. That was, uh, <clears throat> not fun. <laughs> Even though I knew I had a really fast car, I'm thinking, man, I don't know how these guys like Timmy Hill and, and Parsons and them do it every week. Cause yeah. they're every week. Some of them guys live that, that, that nerve. They qualify that, good too. Oh my God. I have no idea how hard that is. That but. is a horrible way to live. Right. And, uh, having to worry about that every single week. But anyways, I was like, I'm a, I could screw this up. I could screw this up. And everybody's like, no, nah, you're fine. You'll be fine. I screwed it up. I mean, I almost ruined it and, uh, locked up the left front and on second lap and missed the corner undergrowth three and four. My lap time was just like four hundredths, uh, of being, uh, too slow. Right. I think we run a, we run a 40, a 44 made the field. Yeah, I ended up being closer than I thought I was going to be. That sucked. <laughs> and that sucked when, we so ran, and when we ran, I'm like, and I saw a few hours ago, I'm like, oh, we're okay. Yeah. And that's nerve-wracking. It sucked. Yeah. You've driven this new cup car, right? A test? A little bit. Compare the two cars. 
So the cup car just got way more grip, turns better, brakes better, does everything way, way better. It, the, I think the cup car from last year performs better, drives better, handles better than the Xfinity car. Now this took a much larger leap in that direction you got way more brakes uh you you know you could charge a corner and the car stops real easy the extended cars got the old brakes on it kind of takes a while for it to slow down you can slide tires real easy with it um locking the brakes up or wheel hopping and then uh the uh cup car is feels lower to the ground it feels like the left front works way better the Xfinity cars feel real high in the air and they rock over on the right rear and pick the left front up and the cars kind of slide in the fronts. And, and you, know, you know how our cars used to driver would say, man, it's carrying the left front yeah. or left front's in the air and it's, it's tight. These, these Xfinity cars kind of rock and while they're all over the place. Um, I think they're more, I think they're fun to drive. I don't say more fun than the, than the cup car. Cause I haven't run it enough to really say that, but the cup car just does everything way better. You know, the cup car kind of reminded me of the Modifieds, how they run around. Mark That's Hill. what I told way, Herman, Mike Herman more. during the race. I was like, man, it looks like yeah, we're watching does. a Modified yeah. race with bodies on the car. Big, giant tires. Yeah. A lot of grip. So nobody's fast. Sli- nobody's slipping. Well, that's my question is like, we had a couple restarts where guys were knocking the crap out of each other, locking their tires up. Are the brakes so good on the car that when you get hit from behind, you just stand on the brake, you don't wreck? Like, why didn't we see wrecks in those scenarios? Because they got so much grip in the yeah, corner. Stuck at a racetrack. Yeah. Joey hit the heck out of William that last restart, and he didn't even budge him. Didn't budge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 uh, I watched that race, and uh, it was it, – I thought it would, you know, I thought it would kind of be like the modifies just because of the tire and the contact patch and how much is on the racetrack and the temperatures, no – no tire wear, no tire rubber going down on the track where you kind of got to move around and slide around in that stuff. And it was just kind of a perfect storm. To is have. it too cold that time of year to run there? Is that what that, it is? It's not too cold this time of year. Like we, we had, you know, 75, 80 degree days last week. Yeah. Yesterday it just here. happened that day. <laughs> that day it was yeah. really cold, right? We just got, it was a perfect storm, you know, and if it's 40 degrees warmer, there's a whole different race for both series, both the Xfinity and the cup race. But they got to work on some things. It's not just the temperature. Yeah, you know, no. and I know you guys are going to talk about that today, but there's a lot of things that those guys need to think about, and I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're already moving in the right direction to try to figure out how to not to have. They don't want to have that happen again. They're going to avoid that at all costs. And I know the drivers had a lot of opinions. I read a lot of articles Sunday about you know what the drivers are thinking, and uh, they they bring up a lot of great ideas and points. Those are the guys that I would go right to if I were NASCAR to really sort of start getting some of the big ticket items that they can look at changing or improving about the car, and then NASCAR will take all that information and and see what the owners think's feasible yeah. in terms of um you know expense and so forth and they'll go to work they'll make it right they'll get it better uh we you know we came into this season and it's been really good there's been a lot of good positivity great racing yeah 100%. um we you know we knew i expected that there would be a little bit of bad or some really bad things maybe something un- unintended or, or consequence we weren't aware of here it is. Yeah, and you're and you're getting a lot more backlash because this is one of everybody's favorite racetracks. You know, That's this the is thing. the best race ever. Yeah. And now we've we've kind of taken the best one and made it the worst one of the year. I was thinking about that on the drive over here. I was like, man, was I really too hard on? Because I was tweeting up a storm Saturday during that race. And I was saying, man, maybe I was a little bit too hard, too critical. But so there's the there's a short track crowd that just loves short track racing that sees it sees less and less of those on the schedule. Uh, we're kind of clinging on to you know you know what we have left in terms of short track racing, wanting more of that. That's the crowd I'm part of. So that's the crowd that's probably going to be the most, uh, you know, upset or frustrated with what they saw. And then, you, you know, you're going to have the casual fans or the fans that really aren't, you know, short track 
fans or fans that love short track racing that much that aren't going to be as critical. They definitely know what they saw Saturday night, but they're not going to be as loud as I was. But um, I don't know, man. You can't. You got to. We got to fix it. We can't. We can't let that be the norm. Yeah, I, I hate to admit this, but he's he's smarter than us on some things. And this some, next this next things. topic, <laughs> some things you tweeted about shifting at Martinsville. Yeah. So the gear levels were were built based on a horsepower package that NASCAR was moving toward. Then NASCAR changed the horsepower package. Yeah. They went up in horsepower, which we were happy about. Right. Right. So, so You're just killing did, I, the show this, here. This doesn't matter. Again, this is the expert. <laughs> so I know it's the first topic on the show. She, but like, what do you do to overcome that? If when you've got a gear that was made for a lower horsepower package, you end up with more horsepower. That's what creates the shifting. How do you fix that? Well, they just got to change the gears. Yeah. Um, I was I was reading some of Harvick's quotes, and he he's like, "Man, the car's fine. We just got to fix the gears, and there's the car's not not broken." Um, but they also ran good too. Yeah, I mean that's another thing. You <laughs> yeah, know, when you're reading, was great. Yeah, when you didn't run good, didn't like it. When you're reading drivers' comments, you got to certainly think about where they're where they finished, and uh, and and then you also you know you're not you don't know the tone of their comment, right? And so I I kind of I read it, but I don't you know. I you kinda, know they're selfish because you were one of them. I was, but also I know there's some really great information in between the lines there. Yeah, you know, and so I think Harvick has a great point to not go panic about the car. Let's think about the gears. Let's get away from shifting. So when I was in the Xfinity race, you would get up underneath the guy. And if he did everything, if he was just patient and not ruin his corner on the outside, all he had to do was get in the throttle and he'd drive back by you and clear you. It was so hard. And that's without shifting. If you were able to shift, that gets way easier to drive by a guy that gets underneath you off the corner. So passing is even harder. And that's what we saw. Like You wouldn't even get a run on a guy. If he made a little mistake in the corner... He would recover through the shifts, right? And so that's if what we need to do is try to figure out, you know, they're not even using fifth gear, I think. They're running fourth they're, gear. Yeah, I mean, down. You know, they're, yeah, they're not no even fifth. using. So the, if you have five gears, they're all much closer together in ratios, right? So the ability to downshift, even if you don't use fifth, third, fourth, second, they're all way closer together than you would have in a standard transmission we've ran for decades. So to be able to downshift is uh, much more of a realistic opportunity at all these racetracks and so you know all the short tracks that we go to so they can't build a differential uh there's going to be some there's going to be a balance i think where the owners come in and go whoa 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 we can't spend all that money going and building all new gears and different you know transaxles to be able to 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 get away from shifting that's going to cost a lot of money every team's going to have to buy all this stuff and Denny's talking about how it's hard to even get parts for this. You know, can't even get the parts we need now or the, ha- the parts we have now. So trying to get more parts or new parts entered into the thing. Uh, the owners are going to push back against the expense, but they have to get away from shifting. They have to change the gears. They have to figure out how to do that in an economical way. It's not going to happen. It's not on the shelf right now. It's not something they can walk in the back of the shop and grab. All this, stuff, this is going to be a process. We're, we're lucky we don't have that many short tracks on the schedule because this ain't going to get fixed overnight. So right. it'll take a little bit of time. I mean, we're going to be shifting at Darlington, it sounds like. You think? I, I mean, I Maybe think down so. in three and four. As a driver. Yeah. That, you're going to hit start yeah. finish line and it's going to sound like you're a Pocono yeah. back in the day. Yeah. 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 As, as a driver shift. that loves Martinsville, how crazy would it have made you to have to shift there all day long? For I was so glad that I was not driving a cup <laughs> car. Like, I, I, I've been um, – I mean, in full disclosure, I've been working with a team to get uh, some test time there. They're going with the organizational tests, and I think there's a Will Force car that I got an opportunity to drive. I don't want to do it. If they're going to be shifting, I don't really want to go yeah, no do interest. that all day. 
So, and plus, I mean, what I would need, it would take me a couple hours to get up to speed. They can't learn nothing while I'm doing that. They need one of their gut, one of their guys in there that knows and it, and is, you know, it's his experience with that to be able to do it right. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to have been out there shifting and carrying on. That would have been so frustrating. Number one, you're doing a lot of work that you necessarily don't do. You don't want to be shifting. If you know, you'd rather just not be shifting. You're pulling your hand off the wheel. Um, and you're downshifting in the corner and trying to match revs and trying to get in the corner deep enough to to you know you're braking as well, thinking about how much brake pressure to use and you and put another car around you. <laughs> you're dancing, you know, right? Your feet are dancing down there in the bottom of the floor, and so you're probably not you're probably not running any corner the same twice. And then you got you know you gain on the guy, you get up under you get a nose up underneath him, and he just drives right by you on the straightaway when he sh- as he's shifting away from you. It's uh, that have been. I don't know how the drivers got out and were as calm as they were and articulate as they were in the comments that I yeah. saw. Yeah. yeah. I figured it would have drove somebody I would have been crazy. Yeah. yeah. You were screaming on Twitter. I was a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no cap. Did, had- you, did you block him yet? No. Was there anybody <laughs> you were around this weekend on Saturday or Friday night that, that impressed you? Um, I hate to say it, man, but that Ty Gibbs is a good driver. I know that he, um, he's kind of, you know, they're in the conversation right now for, for duking it out on pit road. Uh, but you can't take, you can't take it away from him. I mean, he's fast. He's got a great race car. He's got a lot of motor. I got up underneath, I was beside him on a restart and he's, he's got everything he needs as far as equipment to do what he's doing, but he doesn't make rookie mistakes. He doesn't, you know, drive, uh, too terribly. I mean, he gives out there and wins races. I, I, I'm anxious to see him move up and see what so he you're does. you're impressed by him. Yeah. I think you got to, if you peel away all of the drama. controversy and yeah. drama, yeah. what you got is a really good race car driver. There's and some past champions who have had these same past, I think, yeah. that, that Ty For has sure. right now. Yeah. And shooty one Daytona road course race, like his first time there. <laughs> right off the jump. Yeah. Yeah. And he's young. You know, he's going to, he's not going to do everything the right way, right? You'll make some mistakes when you're that young. Yeah. In terms of how you handle controversy drama what you do decisions you make when you get out of the car but uh dude stood up for himself tell you what he's got a mean right hook he, he to just be that little. yeah Don't I was you really, worry. we'll talk about it i was really surprised by the um uh accuracy of his <laughs> he was he was pretty pinpoint yeah. dude i mean yeah most time they we miss they miss so yeah. bad i mean we saw noah when he went up to uh Hammer, Hammerick, Hammer, yeah. atlanta big miss <laughs> He was aiming, but he missed him. Yeah, he needed to be a little quicker with the jab deal there, like Ty. Ty well, was Ty, like, there's your wasn't there, there, Ty threw a combination. He did a three, so he it was did a three right piece. And yeah. a left, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, he threw like four of them. Yeah. Yeah. He, was still, he was still going for the gut when he was going down. Yeah. They were pulling him apart. Yeah. Yeah. So a long time ago, when, on my 30th birthday, um, oh, I, think I, I went, up you might have been there. I blew a motor. <laughs> I had a boxer, a champion. I, had, I think uh, Arturo Gotti was a champion at 147, 150-pound 150, 150 uh, level. Yeah. Dude is at my house, right? Pay-per-view freaking legend. And so uh, he showed me how to throw a punch that night. We got in my boxing ring, a bunch of us, and uh, ended up, uh, it was, it's a long story, but he showed me how to throw a punch, man. And uh, Ty seems like he's been getting some lessons. Well, Harrison <laughs> Bergen admitted last year on this podcast that when he got his butt whooped, that Toyota put him in MMA classes so that if he got in that situation again, Are you serious? he would. Oh yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> he admitted it on this podcast that they put him in M- MMA lessons so he wouldn't get his butt kicked. Golly! Out. So now we got to figure out how much do those cost? <laughs> <laughs> Our budget is, is 
It's so you cannot afford MMA lessons. Well, really just make sure you're prepared for all yeah. all yeah. aspects. I'm going to have to ask Chevy to handle that. <laughs> yeah, yes. Junior Motorsports does not have that. Just get your boxing ring back out. We'll, we'll get Mitch Lash to teach him. Remember, he had a mean <laughs> yeah. right hook. Dude. So, you know, that night, uh, somebody got in there with Pidgey. Oh, nah, somebody uh, got Ross in there. Ross Coleman, with, bull yeah, oh. that's who it was. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, his it looked like his neck was on a rubber band. I was like, <laughs> dude, you gotta stop. All like, right, yeah. So I've watched Arturo on TV, right? Watching box, right? And what I saw at, that night in that ring with with Ross Coleman, a bull rider, was just like what I saw on TV. They went as hard. He flipped the switch. Yeah, he did. So he was playing with us. We were just kind of having some fun, showing us how to throw some punches, and then Ross. So Ross Coleman, bull rider, PBR, all those guys in the PBR are nuts, nuts, one hundred percent. All right. So when you get, when you when I would take Ross to the bar, he didn't get a fight at the end of the night. He started fighting when we walk in the door. <laughs> just get it over with. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, man, we just sat down, and he's already going, he's already headed over to the front door to get to see if the bouncer wants to throw both <laughs> throw hands. And uh, they're crazy. So he's like, yeah, I'll get in the ring with him, and they go hard and. So I had this little timer that would stop after a minute, and that's a long time. Yeah, oh. they went for a minute swinging hard, and so the the it, the bell rings, and they back to their corners, and I I go over and I'm like, Ross, you all right? And he's like, He knows we playing, don't he? And I was like, Man, that, I don't know. He don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I was like, Do you want to stop? And he's like, No, I'm good. I'll go some more. I walked over to Arturo, and I was like, Arturo, man, it's my buddy. He's like, Hey, man, he came at he came at me with his hands up. He's like, I, I don't yeah. know what, but one thing, right? Fight or flight. I can't half I can't <laughs> I can't half throttle this. And uh uh it was amazing, man. We had a lot of fun. Ross got whooped. Uh <laughs> Brad uh Arnold from Three Doors Down, he got in there, he got laid out. <laughs> uh, he didn't know where he was when he got when he was getting up. Dude, I got um, in there with Josh Snyder. Worst thing ever done. Josh's a I big got, boy. Oh yeah, you're telling me. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> know we're playing, right? <laughs> yeah. I went no. to I went to the next race. With a black eye. Yep. There's a picture on the internet of me with a helmet on at the at the next race with a black eye. Blacked out shit. Yeah. No, it's a Oh, it's you there. can see it. Oh yeah. And, Your PR rep uh, must have been thrilled. So I was I was in there boxing and he thought we were playing. I, I I mean things are going okay. And then I was like, What's that shadow? Keep seeing something in my peripheral and I'm like, What is that? It was my forehead. Um, swelling up. <laughs> I went in the bathroom and I looked in the mirror. I'm like, damn, somebody cut me. Somebody cut me. Get the swelling down. I was so proud. I was like, look at this. It was like four o'clock in the morning. We've been out at the bar all night drinking. Everybody was, everybody was. We ripped. shouldn't have been in that, that ring. Was bad. That's all. hilarious. We used, yeah, that was the thing. dangerous. TJ can tell you. It's bad. Every week, we'd probably, we, you know, on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, we'd, we'd get, you know, 15, 20 people together and start drinking. And by two in the morning, we were at the boxing. <laughs> Somebody's in there. Going, who wants to fight? <laughs> like, that yeah. was smart, right? Hey, I'm and telling T, you. We would, we were like, TJ, get in there with him. I got in there with Josh. I'm telling you. I got in there with Josh. It took a little coaxing, but you eventually get them in there. Yeah. And they would go, you know? Yeah. I got in there with. Uh, it's fun. Travis we had our own little. You know Travis McFarland? Fight Club. Yeah. Fight Club. Oh, yeah. It was. It was, it was like a fight club. I got in there with him and, and I and I hit him one time. I hit him twice and then he batted on me. He's like, oh, I'm done. I'm out. And he walked off and he quit. After I was like, he tastes pretty good. Yeah. There was another guy who used to get arms. in there with a lot that was about your same size. I forget his name. But you, mm. there was another boy in there that would, would scrap with TJ all the time. I don't know. But he would, he would, yeah. TJ would get in there probably. TJ probably had about. 
a dozen fights. Legit, you know. That's good. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. It's just fun. I mean, you you would you didn't really want to get in there, but it'd be, oh, man, you're getting there with him. All we right, fine, head, I'm doing it. We had headgear. Like, yeah. Sometimes we Obviously worked. It sometimes. Worked. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it, it was fun. I mean, it was... I was nervous when Gotti was in there, though. I'm not. I was probably the most nervous I had been because I saw Ross's head reaching levels that I didn't think it could reach back at, and I'm like, it's not good. <laughs> and uh, no, there was some good fights, so. Well, Dale, how about you stick around for the rest of the show? You sticking around the whole time? Oh well, yeah. Well, you guys have been threatening him. Well, I think Brett. Like, I think Brett thought we were doing this for ten minutes and just the whole just show. He just, he just wanted to get no, the man, whole I'm show here. shoot out of the way in ten minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, before we head into spot on, spot off, let's hear a little bit more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Hey, Freddie. Moving can be a major hassle, but you know what? It doesn't have to be. That's good because I am anti-hassle. So sign me up for that. Moving without friends at OfferPad is awesome, different, and such an easy home selling experience. You can get the process started before you finish listening to this episode. Start by logging on to OfferPad.com and filling out the form about your home. It will take you less than five minutes. It won't take long to get a response either. Within 24 hours, OfferPad will send you a cash offer. I actually had a buddy this week from NBC text me and talk about, he was like, man, this offer pad deal is awesome. I submitted a, submitted a form and they've already bought my house. Yeah, I mean, I did it, I, I did it last year. Moving? <laughs> Junior house for <laughs> sale. Uh, I did that last year and I couldn't believe how fast they got back to me. With OfferPad, you can sell your way. Whether you take that cash offer or list your home with OfferPad, you are in control. And there are plenty of perks for selling your home with OfferPad. They include sell without listing, no showings, picking your own closing day, a free local move by Freddie and Brett, and more. Yeah, go explore OfferPad's markets across the U.S. right now. A lot of them are also in NASCAR markets. Uh, they're in awesome locations, man, like Phoenix, Denver, Orlando, Vegas, Charlotte, and so many more. When asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you. Spot on, spot off. It goes like this. Spot on means you agree. I'm spot on. Are you joking me? He's lost his mind. Oh, and by the way, no one ever seems to agree. And then spot off means you disagree. Spot off. Oh, here we f***ing go. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But if you're TJ... Um... Uh... Uh... There's only one correct answer. I don't know. It's time for spot on, spot off. All right, Dale, I'm throwing you into the fire. Spot on, spot off. Denny Hamlin blames the design of the car for the lackluster short track racing so far, saying there's no easy fix. It would take a complete redesign to try to figure something out. Uh, I, I, I'm going to have to say spot off because I can't. There's truth in some of that, I think, but um, I don't know if it's as gloom and doom as he makes it out to be like an uh, i'd have to sit down with denny and say man come on a complete redesign really is that necessary because it's really four tires and a steering wheel it's still all kind of the same theory i think um you know maybe after a couple days he dials back that emotion a bit and thinks man maybe there's a few key things that can can get can get changed that might make a big uh might help things a lot uh, but, uh, I think again, you know, the weather and everything ha- played a big role in that. The, the Xfinity car is, it was cold that night. It wasn't fun to, you know, get the car to turn track was tight. Couldn't pass, uh, or was hard to pass. Then I remember it. 
uh, in the cup car for years. But uh, so I'd have to say spot off. I mean, I think he's he's. Uh, I think we definitely need to change something. But uh, I don't know if it's um, start with a complete new redesign. I don't remember him saying this in victory lane at Richmond a week before. <laughs> Do you? No. No, I don't either. Uh, I, I'm spot on for him being frustrated, right, and, and and letting us all hear it and see it. But at the end of the day, he ran 30th. I mean, he was back there racing us three and four laps down. So frustrated Denny Hamlin commenting. I have to look at Goodyear here as one of the biggest things to challenge them to say, hey, our tires have to slow down. There's no reason we're 40, 50 laps into a run and still running the same pace we were 15 laps into a run. I want to see – a second plus a fall off when we go back there. And to me, that's on Goodyear. But also, I mean, the surface was cold. It wasn't rubbing up, all those things too. But give me a different tire, please. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Everything Denny says yeah, is right. Great. I don't know. It's like you haven't experienced Denny this is great. No, obviously, this is directly related to how he ran in the race. And I think I backed Brett up with, you know, when I got to the hauler for our pre-race meeting, they talked about, they're like, the pace just isn't going to fall off today. They said, you know, in past years past, we've seen a second of fall off in 25 laps. We're looking at two tenths now. He said, so you kind of had that inkling that, and the, the reason why the race was terrible for that matter is because they were all going so damn fast. You know, there's no tire fall off. If even the races we've seen years past with them, other packages where I think it was Martin led a load of laps, like 400 laps or something. I think Brad won a race where he led 400 laps, or something like that. Even those races, as bad as the leaders dominated, the middle of the pack was still a good race, you know, but this deal here was just, I mean, Chase ran us down. We were running 18th, 19th. TJ was right in front of me. He caught us with 50 to go in the stage and, and couldn't do anything with us. Like, you know, we were, he's probably a half as, you know, three tenths better than us throughout that run. But as soon as he got to us, he just, he was stuck back there. He just, and like Bubba just said, I'm better than these guys in front of me. But just, you know, arrow balance was way different this time, I felt like, versus yeah. years past where you could get to a guy and that was it. Like, you just have to wait until any kind of tire fall off would come into play. So it would be like 100 laps. We would ride back behind somebody, ride behind them, and then, Around that 75 to 100 mark, you could finally start to make a little progress when their tires just fell off a hair more than yours. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm spot off because I don't think the car needs a whole new redesign. I'd like to see it fall off. Everything you guys have said, the tires need to wear. Speeds need to slow down. I did. I told Brad really early that I saw guys getting tight right past the center. If you're in the wake, if you cross the wake, it was really bad. So that concerns me. If you take... Shifting out of it as well, I think the racing gets better. Yeah, I don't think you need a whole new car. I just think you need to adjust a few things. I felt like the shifting just played into the fact of how fast they were going. You know, like that's just contributing the, to the entire time. time being down. You know, so yeah. that the faster they go, we talk about this at the mile and a half. So anywhere we go, the, the faster they're going, the racing kind of suffers. The faster the corner speeds are, the racing suffers. So I just feel like we need to get to a package where we're we have fire, tire fall off and and we're off, off throttle time. We just need to maximize off throttle time to make the racing better. It looked like they were in qualifying getting in the corner. Oh every yeah, lap. just dive bomb. That's all our passes just just holy. You we can't get position on a guy if you can't beat him into the corner because everybody can get in so deep. Man. We it scared was, Bubba was, one time in the three because Bubba shot to the bottom in front of us. There was a gap between us and the car. And, Brad just sent her off into three. You know what we he needed did. in that cup race? I didn't think race he was going to make the we, corner, we, but he we needed did. Joe Graff in that cup race. No, he would have made it exciting. I know. Because he wrecked the hell out of everybody in that you know race. <laughs> you know what I told Just I, drive right into the left rear. <laughs> I think I said on Channel 2, right before he started his his, his parade there um, of wrecking cars, I said, man, the 07 is really bad tonight. And he went and wrecked like three cars. Right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We needed him. Oh. He'd have made it fun. Yeah. Oh, Neither Austin Dillon nor Joey Logano rough William Byron up on the overtime restart. Spot on, spot off. Brett. 
Man, I, I still love the integrity of racing. You know what I mean? I love a good clean pass, but we saw, you know, we've seen several times this year that not come into play. I mean, you look at Ross Chastain's Coda win. Yeah, uh, I knew you were going to bring the it way, up. The way he knocked the crap <laughs> by them guys. But at the end of the day, like, I think the leader was just so fast and had so much braking power. I, and the tire is so big and wide, and you're, you're, I, I just don't think they could rough it yeah. up, even I if should. they tried. So I, I'm, I'm uh, spot on for Jason putting this on the show sheet. But at the end of the day, I don't think there's anything you could do. We didn't see a pass for the lead all night. Yeah, I assure you, they wanted to. <laughs> you know, they were they were trying to. The three just got a terrible restart. He was kind of out of the equation by turn two. And Joey got back there. And I think that if William kind of messed up the exit of four, and Big if he time. did not – I don't think Joey would have ever got anywhere near him, but Joey just kind of had to overdrive the middle of one and two just to try to get to his bumper, and he got into him a little bit, but like we talked about, they're locked in the racetrack. He wasn't going to upset him, and then he tried again in three and four, but couldn't even get there that time. So, But I think if if, if William nails the exit of four coming to the white, Joey never even gets close. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm spot off because, well, I, I saw he hit with the old car. Joey hit William hard enough that it should have upset him on the exit of the corner What I from what I've seen because you could tap somebody, and they... Oh, wiggle a little bit. That's what, and it like rocketed him off the corner. It's like it propelled him further down, faster down the straightaway. So I don't like to see that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I agree with, uh, with you guys. I think that um, if Joey c- could have roughed him up, he would have. He was ready to do whatever it takes. We've seen Joey do that. He's definitely got it in him and uh, couldn't do it because the car, you know, the car wouldn't allow it. The grip wouldn't allow it. The tire wouldn't allow it. Um, it just, you know, the 24 just knew he just needed to run a tidy corner. He almost ruined it and blew it. Oh, he he tried. Yeah. <laughs> With Joey Logano behind him, he missed it. Like, no. But he, 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 his mistake in three and four coming to the white is what made him sort of shore it up and make sure, hey, man, I'm getting a good drive off of two. And he did, and that was all he needed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, Brett, they can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And, and there's really no shame these days in, in, in getting help when you need it. It can, man. And you got to be careful and uh, you don't want to carry that around by yourself. That's where these guys come in handy. Whether you've been in therapy uh, or new to the process, BetterHelp will give you the tools and to positive thinking and coping skills and how to manage those boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy is not just for those with major traumas. You know, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out one brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bumper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bumper. Brady, I think a lot of people listened to the show last week after this next topic. Sam Mayer bumps Ty Gibbs up the track in the final corner competing for the $100,000 bonus. They both lose it and Ty starts punching Sam with his helmet on afterward. Ready? I mean, I hate to say I told you so, but, uh, you know, this is this was coming. I mean, anybody that watches racing knows that eventually somebody's going to give back to Ty Gibbs what he's been giving everybody else for half a season. He can go back to last year a little bit. But, you know, it's he kind of reacted the, the way I expected him to. And listen, the, the, the whole reason, you know, how's that? This happened. What do you call that? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what, how did he act? Well, you know, like you expected him to. Uh, but, you know, here's my biggest thing. And, you know, the same thing we talked about Byron. This probably doesn't he he 
uh, Jones got in the back of him in one and two on a restart, and Ty got cleared on the backstretch, and he went down in the three, and he blew the corner also. And that brought Jones back into the race, which then in turn brought Mayer to, to his bumper. And listen, they're running for hundred grand. I have no fault on the racetrack with anything Sam did. He got in the back of him, ran him out of the racetrack, you know, ran him out of room off of four. My biggest issue with this whole deal, and it's going to be – it's got nothing to do with pit road. It's long before they got to pit road was – Ty Gibbs took a perfectly good car that just dominated the race and After destroyed race. it down the backstretch by running into the back of Sam Mayer. Like, I think if he ever gets a penalty for this, that that's what the penalty is going to be for because that, you know, that's just one, it's unsafe. Two, it's dumb. There's a lot of man hours that went into both the 54 and the eight, uh, the one car. You know, that these are two really good race cars now that you've just wrecked after the checker flag because you're throwing a temper tantrum because the guy moved you out of the way. Which, oh, by the way, you just moved, you know, you wrecked Ryan Sieg three weeks ago. You damn, you just wrecked, you know, John Hunter ran, ran, your, ran your teammate in defense for a win at Richmond. Like, this is what we talked about last week. You dish it out plenty. You don't, and then you get out and say, oh, you know, it's hard racing, whatever. Listen, Sam's going for a hundred grand. What'd you think? He was just going to let you have it. You know, I don't, I don't understand, but so that's my biggest, and we, I'll let you, I'll let you guys kick off the fight stuff. But my biggest issue with the whole thing was, I don't, I don't understand how you could take a perfectly good race car, just dominated the race and blow the nose off it down the back straightaway because you're throwing a temperature because the guy moved you on the last lap. I remember uh, Jeremy Mayfield moved your dad at Pocono for the win. And mm-hmm. it's like, live by the sword, die by the sword. Right? Yeah. I mean, your dad made the bump and run, get the f- out of my way. Famous. Uh, I think the racing here is awesome. I think where Sam messed up is he got out of the car. He had his helmet on. Ty had his helmet on. And Sam proceeded to take his off. And at that point, in Pageland, South Carolina, you're at a disadvantage. You're getting into a fight (laughs) that doesn't have any rules. And Sam only had one opportunity here, really, to protect himself. And that was to grab Ty by his helmet. And then he's got him. Then he can do whatever he wants because he's got him by his head. But when he kept on pushing him, and then once he started firing them blows, man, I was like, wow, this kid can freaking fight. Um, I'm spot on for all the drama though, but at the end of the day, Sam Mayer moved the guy for a hundred grand and didn't even win the hundred grand. That's what sucks. Yeah, I'm, I like the drama. So uh, to to kind of go back to uh, to before the fight, um, what I saw on the back stretch with the 54 running into one was was interesting because it was uh, my initial my immediate reaction. I keyed up the mic and told the TJ, I was like, he can't take it. He can't take it. Dude's <laughs> addition it out. Look, he can't take it. I saw him off of four running each other up the racetrack, and then after the race, he just went berserk. Yeah, and uh, I'm like, man, you you know, you got to be able to hate think in that moment and say, well, you know, I've I kind of put myself in this situation. I'm if I'm gonna be aggressive, I got to be able to handle it when it's coming back the other way. And we know, not everybody knows, but we know that like him and Sam been duking it out for a yeah, long time. I, yeah. I said on here they, last year they hate each other. They they do <laughs> they do not like each other. And their careers are kind of on this collision course, right? And I'm sure they're going to collide some more before this season's over with. And uh, But I'm all for that. I think everything that happened on the racetrack, uh, I'm not, I don't think there's any need for any kind of a penalty or any kind of, I mean, even for NASCAR to take them into the truck, be kind of careful what you say. Don't, don't dial these boys back, you know? Let, right. this, let these guys do what they well, want to do. Let them go. Everything that happened on pit road gets judged by the court of public opinion. You know, don't let, you know, NASCAR, unless it gets unprofessional uh, to, to a severe degree, that's when NASCAR kind of needs to step in and say, look, you're making us look bad. Some people might think that that's what happened on, on Friday night. So, so speaking of that, I mean, this is the perfect track to talk about it. Was Matt Kenseth too unprofessional to get kicked out like he did? I think what Matt did is a bit over the line, you know, in terms of going back out on the track and riding around, waiting on somebody to come by and taking them out. And if the guy's leading the race, I know you're mad because you got wrecked. I know you feel like you got wronged in that situation. Yeah. That is that is a no no. So you think that was that was a fair penalty for what Matt did? Because I mean, you just said it right. There's a line, and, yeah. and at some point, 
That wasn't unprofessional what we saw on Friday night. I don't think so. But Matt's was. Matt's was unprofessional. Yeah. I think Even so. the safety aspect of hitting after the race? Well, um, you know, when it, they're it, mad. Yeah. I think on the racetrack, to, you know, we saw Denny Hamlin come up and run into the nose of 48 car after that race last year. Yeah. That was um, okay in my book. It's kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> um, I think when it comes on, if they come on the pit road, right, then that's the problem. If he's running into him on pit road, pushing him down pit road, uh, is you know things like that. Uh, that can get any any time it gets where you know you're endangering crew members or or NASCAR officials yeah. and so forth. But coming you now after the checkered, you know it's a short track. You know, I mean he he don't have a lot of time to go over and hit him, so he's trying to get yeah. to, get I, to him, hit him on the back straightaway. I thought that was, you know, I wouldn't do that, or maybe I would do that. I don't freaking know, but. I didn't think that's that's not like a penalty situation for me. The fighting on pit road, Sam, you cannot let that boy get two shots. He might, I mean, if he gets one, that's fine. You cannot let him come back and hit you again. Yeah, and again. Uh, it, it, was it, it three? That's, my, that's it was my, a bunch. That's too it, many. It was yeah, it was a couple times. Right, you can't. And uh, Sam grabbed had him. I think Sam had him by the leg or something. I don't know, man. We got to work on that. Yeah, you got you got to work on the fact that like it's and it looked to me in the one you can almost hear Sam yelling at him and take his helmet off and it looked to me. Like Ty almost started to unbuckle and that's when Sam shoved him. And I'm like, wait, let him get his, don't start the fight with the guy that's still got his helmet on. Because if, if, if I got a helmet on and you want to fight me, Hey, let's fight because I'm going to be only one of them woke up with a black eye the next day. And it wasn't the guy with a helmet on, but you know, and I going back to the Sam and, you know, we talked about on here last year about Sam and Ty just don't like each other. I don't know where that roots from. It's Kane and Arca, whatever. But I was what found myself wondering after the race, if AJ Allmendinger, does that to Ty Gibbs on the last corner and moves him out of the way? Is Ty going down there swinging at AJ? I don't think so. I don't. You know, I think that's just that's just something with the two of them is oil and water. Yeah, and we that's, need that you know, rivalry though. We I need hundred percent. I, I mean, I know I own one of the cars, but I'm all for all the things that are happening because it's gonna, people are, next Xfinity race. We're gonna have some people tune in just yeah. and they'll be watching just to see if anything happens, and it will. Um, I talked to Sam on the phone uh, the other day, and he's like, "I'm good." I'm good. I'm. I'm. It's behind me. I'm gonna move forward. I'm gonna do whatever. You know, he That's does. Mature. He can Have do. they talked? I don't know. Well, they but, talked that night a little bit, but, but in Sam, the lounge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. Sam said they had a conversation in the um in the holler, and he said Sam said that he uh, walked into the holler and and Ty was already there and Ty had his head down, looked like he'd had his had a bit of a butt chewing. I'm not sure if that happened or not. But he said they had a conversation in there, and they you know, shook hands, and they put it behind them. But I know that when they get back on the racetrack, they just mm-hmm. hate each other enough that if one, even if one doesn't even mean to rub, rub them the wrong way, it ain't going to take much for it to get started again. Because neither one of them wants the other to get, you know, have the last laugh. Neither one of them wants the other to feel like they got one over. And so uh, this will continue. And... Then it gets interesting as far as how you control your driver, right? Hey, what is Joe saying to Ty? What do, what do we do with with Sam to sort of kind of keep his head in the game? But also he's got Martial to stand up for class, he's First go of all, out. yeah, well, we need some boxing <laughs> lessons for sure. Um, but you know, what do you? How much do you let them stand up for themselves and 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 rough the other guy up without really taking away from really the ultimate goal of trying to make you know make a run at the championship? I think it's great. I, the only thing I don't like is. Uh, you guys already mentioned it is the fact that Ty gives and when he receives finally, and it wasn't even a bad receive. Like he didn't even get wrecked. He didn't get wrecked. No, I mean he destroyed Ryan Sieg's race in Las Vegas, and I mean he just got moved up to racetrack a little bit. It's just like Sam said, that's just short track stuff, man. Short track, and like your guy says, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean you gotta 
you got to be able, if you're going to dish it out, you better be able to take it. Yeah. So that's, that's my only thing with it. Moving on. RFK loses their penalty appeal. Brad says the cause was a repaired tail panel since they didn't have enough. Says everybody's right and everybody's wrong at the same time. TJ, spot on, spot off. I'd be like, Freddie, I don't know. What, I mean, Brad's what? great. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't. I mean, I don't know all the details about it still. Yeah, but you do. No, I don't know anything. You know most sure. I don't know what you're talking about. You know more than anybody at the stable. Exactly. <laughs> Feel it. Can y'all repeat that again? <laughs> Say that again. Here That's we go. Sure. Only about this body. <laughs> Your damn Penske logo is coming back. Um, I can see it. <laughs> look, I, I, with this new car, obviously they're not messing around. Don't you know? Don't try to fix things or do whatever you you know. If you they see any any sort of you know thing fixed with maybe a possible advantage or who knows, you know, this, they're not going to play around the new car, which is fine. Now they have to. Stand stick to this standard now, though. Like it has to stand. Um, so we'll see how that goes forward. I mean, I'm I'm spot on just for the fact that I mean, I'm spot off for it's listen, a big penalty. Listen, we know that okay, it was a part you couldn't get. We had to repair it. But let's be honest. Anytime anything's ever been repaired in our sport, it's been repaired in a way to for an advantage <laughs> for yourself. You know, this isn't like I don't know if maybe this is repaired to the letter of the law that you don't get this penalty. But what I it was to, right I just, straight as I almost cut out there for a second. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there was a reason why this penalty straight was bad. And we talk there was re- there's reasons why we're not allowed to add pieces to our car anymore, you know, on the DVP policy because we would make our stuff better on pit road, you know? <laughs> um, but what I want to ask Dale about now, we asked Murphy about it last week. Do you think, and this has kind of been a topic on social media, do you think NASCAR should make these penalties public with this new car right now of, of, you know, what they did yeah. to help avoid, have other teams avoid this mistake? Yeah, I think so. Because, um, you know, there used to be a table uh, outside of the hauler, the NASCAR hauler. Uh, yeah. You go to Daytona, yeah, set. Yeah. where the, all the parts would be. Uh, mm-hmm. whatever they confiscated you could go anybody could walk into the nascar hauler and say i want to see what you took off of the you know that car and they'd have it they pull it out of the cabinet so here it is take a look at it and um you know i thought that was a pretty good way of of keeping everybody honest and policing the sport a little bit naturally um i think that it it's a it, sh- it would be interesting for fans to know kind of what the what kind of ingenuity and creativity is going on but i, I guess my question is uh for for Brad or or his crew chief, like Miller and those guys are right up the street. You know, if you're if you're worried about this, why wouldn't you say, "Hey, um, come take a look at this," or "I repaired this. Here's a picture of it." Or are you guys gonna have a problem with this? Um, they could have put themselves in a different situation where, "Hey, man, we 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 ran this by you. Your guy looked at it. Um, then maybe this penalty isn't so severe. Uh, maybe there's no penalty at all." But uh, yeah, I mean, you can't. I don't think. I think they know better now, I guess, that you can't repair parts uh, and then expect to take them to the track and NASCAR not go, hey, you know, you can't be messing with this. You messed with it, even if you did try to fix it. or And like you say, everything we're going to fix, we're going to try to fix and make it faster. Um, so it's a it's a whole new it's a whole new ball game. TJ's right. They set a precedent. They got to follow it going forward. They got to be as strict uh, as, as they were with Brad and them on everybody going forward. But you know, Brad and them could have put themselves in a different situation by going, "Hey, we got a problem. We gotta, we gotta fix this. I can't get parts. Nobody can get anything uh, to new. Um, that's a problem across the whole sport. Even the Xfinity Series, we can't get body parts. I want the door off of the car I ran uh, Friday night. Got some, got some nice donuts on it. Want to hang it up on the wall? Yeah, we can't, can't afford it. it. Can't have it. We got to. We don't have doors to give away, right? Yeah. So, uh, 
because we're way behind. We're, we're like, and you're behind because Cup's behind, right? Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. So the manufacturers can't produce it. Yeah. Right. And so uh, this is not this is a problem, serious serious problem for for the Cup side because their parts are all manufactured parts. You know, they don't make anything in house, and so that's a that's a big that's a big problem for them going forward. But I think. Um, it's a severe penalty. I like NASCAR ruling with iron fists. I like it being. I like them being mean when it comes down to you know when when you break a rule, you're gonna pay. Um, don't you know? I don't. The the appeals process is is kind of quirky. Uh, That's what I was gonna ask you as a, as an owner. Why can you never win an appeal? You can. We won one at Darlington with you the did? nine car. Yeah, yeah. There's only like yeah. two ever. There's like been two one ever. Well, yeah. <laughs> Somehow we did. Of course it was Dale, it. you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so it was Dale Jr. And the other one was Maybe me seven years ago. Only two in history. Um, <laughs> you know, the appeal process is interesting, you know. And um, one thing that's good about it, I know that when we hear the names of these people that are on the appeals, we're like, who the hell? Yeah, who's yeah. that? And how, what do they know? They, <clears throat> you, know you can obviously look at them and go, they don't know anything about the race car, right? But when, when the it, – it's actually the best way to do it because – they can look at it from a completely unbiased perspective and say, well, I read the rule and it's not, you know, it's not being broken. Uh, so NASCAR has to go back and rewrite this rule for me to understand that this part is illegal. And so, you know, it's kind of nice to be able to, to do it the way they do it. But, uh, and they got two layers, right? They got the committee and then the final appeal, appeals officer. So um, even though it's kind of, the names are kind of funny sometimes who's on the appeal panel, but, uh, I think it's a good process. I yeah. did. When I saw the names, I was like, I know. I Ooh. wanted to make a joke, but it's, uh, <laughs> I don't need to be making those tiny, type of jokes. <laughs> it is right, though, that they're not in, they don't live it every day, though. So it's, they're not seeing from yeah. uh, the they, racer side. Yeah. We're, we're, at that point, we're beyond really looking at it from, you know, the way racers look at it. And now it's kind of, uh, hey, is this rule written in a way that you would, you would say this is an illegal part? And, and then, you know, somebody, walking down the street can tell you hmm, that's no i don't understand this rule you got to rewrite that we could argue the yellow line rule like all day from both sides i mean both sides have arguments on it but these guys you know when they look at the rule book it's good for them to come in and outsiders perspective this door bumper clear podcast is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise. RacingUSA.com has a wide assortment of driver diecast, apparel, hats, helmets, novelties, and collectibles for the sport's most popular drivers. For example, RacingUSA.com currently has more than 500 different collectible diecast cars available for 40 different drivers. That includes this week's William Byron Martinsville race winning diecast. RacingUSA.com is truly the best. All items in your cart are automatically discounted. You are guaranteed the lowest pre-order prices. Your in-stock orders are shipped the very next business day. You are doing business with an independently owned company that has met the test of time for more than 20 years. Why would you not shop at RacingUSA.com? And don't forget, you could still enter to win a custom-made, authentic, number 7 Justin Allgaier door bumper clear fire suit. Go to RacingUSA.com's homepage and click on the contest banner. That's a beautiful diecast. It'd be even cooler to have a fire suit to go with you. So whenever you want something new to show your support for your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, where you're always somebody special. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Moving on to Bristol, NASCAR is scheduled Bristol Dirt Race on Easter Sunday. Spot on, spot off. Dale. About them racing on Easter Sunday? Yeah. Spot off, man. I think we need Easter Sunday. Oh, thank off. God you said that. I was, thought I was going to knock you out of that chair for sure. <laughs> spot on. We don't need, no, man. We need to be at home with our families, uh, yeah. hiding Easter eggs in the yard with our kids. It's tradition. Um, yeah. Sunday night at that. Not even like, Not you even know, Saturday night. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, so that's all day, right? You don't, so, yeah. you don't even run the race and be able to get home to do anything. And no, it's a dirt we'll, we'll race. We'll get home so at four in the morning. But who, who, a rain shower ruins this. All right, so, so TV raises their hand and said, we want to do this. NASCAR raises their hand and said, we want to do this. The buck stops at somebody. Like, who is the idiot that had the final say that said, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's race on Easter Sunday at night. Well, I think. Like, who is that? I think it was Dale. They asked Dale. <laughs> I think TV, TV runs the show, man. I mean, the TV networks decide when we're racing, what time of day we're racing. They put them, you know, they they pay NASCAR enough money that they have that authority, and NASCAR really has to be malleable and 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 move and mold in whichever direction the networks want to go, you know. And so, I thought you liked this Iron Fist thing. Hey, they put themselves in that position when they accepted that giant check. Yeah. And so, oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. You know, we look, you know, everything about it, the stages, all those, a lot of the things that have come into the sport are driven, driven really by the network. Playoffs. Yeah. Yep. All that stuff. Yep. Playoffs. Yeah. I never, you know, thinking about it to me, like, I don't, I don't have kids. So, like, Easter's not a huge holiday for me. You know, growing up, it was kind of, you know, it was obviously, but it hit home for me yesterday when uh, Brett's daughter, Jovi, was driving my drunk ass around. And she made a comment to me. Megan made a comment about Jovi's nails were pastel colors or something. And Jovi's like, hey, Easter's my favorite holiday. And I'm like, wow, that sucks because now I know Brett's not going to be there for her favorite holiday, you know? So, like, I don't understand what, like, this was always a, this was a circle on our calendar. We're going to be off on Easter every year. My sister got married two years ago and she's like, do you know the schedule? How far do you know the schedule? I'm like, well, the only thing I know for sure is we're going to be off on Easter Sunday, you know? And luckily that was last year because obviously that would have threw a big wrench in the plans this year. But you know, it's just like Dale said, you know, it's Easter Sunday. I don't know. I don't understand why we're, why we're racing. I'm spot off. I was waiting for Brett to say something else dumb to get called to the hauler. So. I'm just major spot off. I mean, I want whoever made this decision to come sleep with me in the Hampton Inn on Saturday night, hang out with me all day Sunday, waiting 14 hours for a race to finally start at 7.45. And uh, yeah, that's that's. I don't want that guy to be at home with his kids. I think he should have to do You know what scares me about this stuff is that one rain shower. Now, you can't put the Air Titans out there at the dirt track. Yeah. And I will give, I'll tell you what, man, those Air Titans at Martinsville, they drive that damn racetrack. 20 minutes. Holy cow. What were they before? You know, they were. They were called something before there. Before their time. Jet dryers. <laughs> jet dryers. No, no, no. no. They had to change their name um, because it was a manufacturer. Like the, yeah, the, what was it? Um, I don't the, remember. The vehicle that was actually attached to it, they called it that. Yeah. It was a, tr- it was yeah, a type of Toyota or something. I can't right? remember it. Yeah, you're right. And then they had to stop calling them that because they changed manufacturers. <laughs> and started it was, pulling. Wasn't it a spo- didn't they sponsor the, they sponsored it. Yes. It was a service, ma- was it the service master clean or something like that? I don't remember. Hey, did you watch IndyCar race yesterday? Sorry, bring no. it. Did you watch yes, any of it? I did. So they did you watch any of it at all? No, sir. They showed the straightaway. At the end of the race, there was a yellow near the end. They showed the straightaway. There was one lane clean. Like one lane. 
and the, there was so much tire rubber on both sides. Like, I don't know how many, would it, it was big chunks too. Like, and we, we broom, like we brush this thing off all the time, but like there was huge, like back in the day when those rubber chunks, you could yeah. see them. Yeah. They're gigantic. I was going to say that during the BS section, like Jimmy actually said it in his interview where there was probably about an inch of tire debris on the side and they contemplated pulling out the caution at one point, but they wanted to give everybody a chance to pit, which kind of messed everybody's plan up. So I thought it was interesting how NASCAR takes that approach from a caution standpoint where IndyCar just holds off as much as possible. That was something that I noticed too about our race on Friday night was how long the cleanups were for all that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know those wrecks yeah. were kind of unique and big, but golly. We I were, felt like it was 10 laps of um, caution every time we had a caution. That red flag at the end. For, oh, yeah. Yeah, the red flag for, was a while. How about they yelled at Josh? That's why I said Josh was getting Because he was in the way. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Josh, man, you got to leave a lane. Yeah, you're the only guy <laughs> the only on the guy. bottom of the track and everybody's going on the curb to go around you. I was just glad Justin wasn't, Justin Algar was not an IRDBC car because he was in three wrecks in the same wreck in turn one he got in the big wreck and then he backed into us and then they, then he ran across the i saw your tweet i mean <laughs> he what just kept him to do he just kept wrecking. how do you think he gets out of there without i'm He's sorry your car got backed into did you I mean, precious just, car just nailed me right <laughs> yeah. in the door but i was why just glad you, he didn't mess up our why beautiful DBC there pastry. was an accident because that, door, that door bubble clear car is gorgeous i crafted and deleted a tweet a reply to that <laughs> <laughs> All right, back on the Bristol topic. Kyle Busch says he wants to cut the cord on the Bristol dirt race and reiterates Richard Petty saying that dirt takes our sport backwards. Freddie. Kyle's great, too. I forgot to mention that. Um, mm. I think this is kind of like we talked about Danny not liking this Martinsville race. This is Kyle is one of the best at Bristol. <laughs> Would probably like to see two Bristol concrete races back on the schedule. Um, I don't know about this step back for dirt. I think the biggest thing for me, uh, my just personal, and I'm sure Dale knows the same thing, short track wise, like I just hate to lose a short track for a dirt race. You know, if you want to take another day, if you want to give us two Bristols, two Martinsvilles, and then make a dirt race somewhere else or a third Bristol and take another day away, I'm good with it. But I just hate the fact that we lose. I love short track racing and we're losing a short track race. I mean, I guess it's still technically on a short track, but you're you're losing a short track race to to have a dirt race. And that's that's my biggest takeaway from it. I'd say spot off. I was entertained last year. Um, it's too early in, in the whole process to really know whether it's good for us or not. Um, I think it does connect us to the dirt racing world. They are absolutely, you know, there's a dirt racing universe and then there's a stock car asphalt universe. Uh, and then there's the you know, open wheel universe. And I think anything you can do to connect the two, the better. And um, I, they have made some profile changes to the racetrack and how they're going to prepare the track for this race. So we might see something a little bit different about how the cars react but uh i do agree uh freddie about losing a losing a bristol race um you know is is tough and that's that that i didn't love that about it um but uh yeah i think dirt racing we should we could have a component of dirt racing in our in our cup cup series and and be fine brett do you think it's ironic that uh kyle spends most of his off time at a dirt track with brexton I, you know, I'm, I'm spot on for Kyle's comments, uh, to be honest with you. I grew up going to Chester, South Carolina every Friday night, Lancaster, South Carolina every Saturday night. I'm a huge dirt racing fan. But for some reason, man, when I would show up, you know, we'd leave Lancaster and we'd drive down to Atlanta to watch the cup cars and, and, and to, to be a kid, to see those beautiful cup cars, I don't want dirt on them. I don't want, I don't want dirt on a cup car. And I know that sounds crazy, but our sponsors pay a lot of money 
to have these beautiful brands displayed, and I just don't want to see us dirt racing. I mean, I tend to – I mean, Richard Petty said we spent all those years trying to get off of dirt tracks, and now here we are going back. Do I love the, the fact that we could go run a dirt race somewhere for an exhibition? Maybe. But I don't love this being a points event. I don't love covering up my favorite short track in the country to go do this. I, I'm, I have to – and I know we got to be careful what we say about Kyle on this show. He gets sensitive sometimes. But I'm I'm spot on for what he said. Right I'm going to buy some MMs right when I leave here. Yeah, we should. I'm going because I'm spot on. Uh, I'm I do I don't like taking Bristol away. Bristol is a badass racetrack. I think we should be going. I don't mind the dirt race, but I'd like to go to an Eldora. I've been to Knoxville for a dirt race, and that's not going to work. Um, that track is not not friendly for trucks or stock cars. But I would like to go to Eldora. I've if this is such a big attraction to the dirt world, right? If we're able to get that crossover Dale's talking about, which I like that idea, then this place will be sold out. Because there's millions to, of dirt fans in this country. Why don't we just change the dirt track every so, year? So, I mean, so if, if the dirt track industry is going to support our efforts, then this race will be sold out. And I if think, it's not, then then they, they clearly don't appreciate us doing this either. I think that it's the wrong track. I do too. It is the wrong track. Yeah. yeah I, I think you guys it. are just bitter that, like you said, Bristol, you, you have to take oh, away a race. Better. I think... I think TJ has a point where if it's at an actual dirt track, I mean... I think the place packs Eldora more than yeah. we could ever even imagine. I think... Yeah. You, well, there's a big affinity just for that track. Alone. I know, but that's, what, that's where we should be going for there. it. That's where we should be going. What are, what are these cars going to race like on dirt, Dale? Do you have any idea? I think they'll be fine. Yeah. I saw that video. Yeah. I saw some video of freezing. Fine. Somebody was uh, digging. Was, was freezing? Actually, yeah, it was freezing. I think it'll race like the car did last year. Um, yeah, I do It's too. really more about the track prep and the track... Holding water and, and they got dealt a bad hand at cars last year with all that rain. Like it, it was dry, it's cra- yeah, it was dried up. It got dusty. Got that had to been a miserable, miserable experience from a, from a fan's perspective. I, mean, I love the race. You know, yeah, well, it was miserable from the spotter's perspective. Yeah. I tell you that. The hell you yeah, talking yeah, about? It was awful. See, <laughs> yeah, you couldn't see. If you were behind Brett three, you were eating. Brett talks about the you know the mystique and 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 aura of of a a dirt track like Eldora. Um, that's what's missing. We're missing that. You know, if we're going to race dirt, we need to we need to be celebrating a historic facility that has a lot of amazing you know things from its past that and and, and taking cup cars there and seeing how that works and being embraced by that community. Right? We're not we're not going to the community the dirt community when we go to Bristol. Yeah, and I feel like and I don't, obviously there's probably reasons why this happened that aren't beknownst to us, but you know Tony and them guys. That first truck race there was single lane around the top, and for the whatever we went there, six or seven years, it just continued to get better. They kept learning how to prep the racetrack, and now I felt like they had it great, where we could run kind of anywhere around Eldora, and then they go, okay, now we're going to Knoxville. So I like Eldora is just a perfect one because now we can go there with that knowledge and have a good race where the racetrack should, you know, they should be able to prep it and know we where they tracked. A lot you know, of dirt fans. And, you know, like race. you said, like I remember the first Bristol, uh, first Eldora dirt truck race was yeah. madhouse, you know, and it kind of, as we went on, it kind of dwindled off a little bit, but it was still good crowds. But that first one was amazing. And now if we went there with cup cars, I feel like it'd be even bigger. You Just know, remember I, that Tony started a series called SRX oh, and NASCAR said, guess where we're not going back to. <laughs> hey, by the way, I should say that I don't think Knoxville got a fair shake with the trucks because Krause was out there wrecking everybody. So. Yeah. Your Freddie's guy was a freaking <laughs> pinball. I um, wasn't there. But, I mean, the truck races are characteristically a little messier than cup races. You know, a cup guys might go there and and put on a much better show. But an established dirt track that has some history that's like, when you think of dirt tracks, what are the two most famous dirt tracks in the U.S.? Knoxville and probably Eldora, right? 
Yeah, probably. I mean, so we, to me, we need to be going there. And Knoxville is a hell of a facility. But so is Eldora. I've been to both of them. So that's where I think we what need a, to be. What, what the dirt crowd thinks? Where we should go, Casey? Or if we should have a dirt race at all? Uh, right? What is yeah. what is what are the dirt experts? I, say? NASCAR fans are going to follow NASCAR no matter where we go. I, I truly believe that. But again, like you said, that cross promotion. How, how do we? Well, maybe they, they're not embracing this race. Yeah, I think they are though. I think Millbridge. We have Chad has different truck guys racing every single week to get better for their cars yeah. in trucks and in Xfinity. So I really think that they're embracing it. I think they're just not giving the opportunity to bring dirt racing in the right way. All right, moving on. Mike Joy's tweet about why TV doesn't interview the driver in victory lane anymore. Man, this guy's so full of and i'll read his tweet victory lane got to be a joke people drape a towel on the driver covering up his sponsors put hats on his head change them mid-interview stack crap on the roof of the car and even put up a fence so he couldn't swat competing brands on his roof sad fight for tv time Mm, tj I would have to see victory lane because we're already on the elevator at that point. But yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, he's got solid points. What does victory lane look like on TV now? I know they do the, the front stretch interview. Do they go to victory lane? No, at all? they don't. Okay. They, so they used to put a uh, mic right when he got out of the car, they'd put a mic on him and they'd let them listen to like them thanking the guys and they would interview him for a short amount of time, but then they cut it out. So they don't go to victory lane at all. It's just front stretch interview yeah. and then they're gone. Yeah. Okay. And depending on timing, they will show the celebration. But if they're running short, they won't. Well, that's my biggest thing. And I don't like, I always looked for, and I mean, this happened, you diving into your crew guys. You know, that was my always, the my fight when I was growing up, like, yeah, the interview was, you know, what the driver needed to do to thank everybody. But like, I always looked to see how the driver, how excited he was to get with his crew guys and high five and all the guys that got him there. And I feel like you lose a lot of that. Now, obviously, you lose all of it if they don't say it at all. But, like, that's always something that I look forward to. Even, like, the races bubble one. Like, you know, that was – I wanted him to get out of the car and come, you know, give us a high five, a hug, or whatever. And I, I, I like the emotion of the, – the raw emotion of the interview right there. As soon as the guy's – you know, it's over. He's just done his burnout, whatever. He gets out. And you got that interview. That's great. But you still want to – I still want to see him interacting with his guys. You know, I feel like that's – that was always my favorite part growing up. Even I, Formula One. You see the all the they whenever they stop their cars, they go and see all their guys. They're all giving yeah. off stuff. Yeah. I want a podium on the front stretch. I do. I don't know about but, a podium. I I don't think we need to do. Uh, I don't even think we need to have second, third place hanging out. But um, <laughs> you don't want to have a beer. You don't want to have a you beer. For suck. Suck. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's we just too. Ass. We're doing too much already. That's you know, <laughs> we don't need to copy the other people. Um, I'm spot off. I think that uh, I put out. Uh, I responded to his tweet. I was like, man, I I miss. Uh, being able to see that emotion, uh, what, nothing smoother than a car pulling into that big crowded victory lane and everybody sort of, you know, releasing all of that positive energy. Driver gets out. He feeds off of all the people that are there around him. The interview that he gives in that moment is better than what I hear on the front straightaway. They get out on the front straightaway. I'm not sure I've heard anything really compelling from any of the drivers that makes me go, yeah, this wouldn't happen if he weren't doing this interview right now. With that said, uh, comments and replies to my tweet were, well, we, 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 what if we move you know, Victory Lane to the front straightaway? What if that's where you know, Victory Lane was at? Because the fans like that proximity and that energy, that are the ones in the grandstands. They're, that's a small fraction of the entire fan base that's at the track uh, that's actually in, 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 you know, at the front straightaway at the flag stand. But maybe that's the 
thing. You know, they got that big trailer they haul out there for intros. Maybe you bring that thing back out there. One of my most memorable Victory Lane celebrations was the All-Star Race. We win the race. Victory Lane was right there at the flag stand. I loved the fans being part of the celebration. I loved the energy and all that coming from them. And I had my dad, the team, everybody that I usually have in Victory Lane, right? Um, so maybe that's the answer is that we combine the two. They right? do it on a few races. Yeah. Um, like championship weekend, they do. They'll right. have the car move around the track and they'll do interviews at a certain point. And it does work out really well. It does. Uh, you hear people, you hear the fans screaming. Um, I do agree. I, I think from a sponsor's perspective, though, like I understand what Mike's saying about all the clutter and they're putting car toppers on the roofs and things like that. But that's also what pays the bills for the team and NASCAR. Yeah, so, that was, that was uh, what, 2000 when you won that All-Star Race? Um, I'm going to be a traditionalist here and I'm, I'm spot off for these comments. I miss the driver having the opportunity to pull into Victor Lane and just sit there for a minute and get his thoughts together and a couple people reach in and give high fives and get that signal to crawl out of your car. Like to me, that was commemorating the win as good as it can get. And, and, and call me crazy. I'm not here for the, the TV aspect of it. I'm here for the storytelling of it. And there's nothing better to see in that guy, get the nod of, Hey, climb out of that car. And, and they celebrate. Do it. They and boom, do it. You just don't boom, He pops out. Boom. You see the confetti. You see the guy screaming. You see the driver celebrating. You see him jump down. And yes, he gave an awesome interview so, because so. he had a minute to collect his thoughts and realize what he'd done because you guys are in the moment. I mean, you're in there by yourselves, this entire four hour race. And then you're, you're now you're going to celebrate by yourself, too. Now, I'm not a fan of that. You know what I like? What I miss is when that guy is coming down pit road to get to victory lane and uh, all the team members, guys that want to go out there, like those are those guys that get a chance to come out there. And it, like he says, it leads up to a bigger moment. Um, I mean, I remember Jimmy Johnson getting out and knocking off car topper. Do I want to see that happen? No, no, I don't. I don't want to see that happen. I want us to be respectful of what's going on. But at the end of the day, we, we got to tell the story. And that's the best way to tell the story I for me. I feel like at some point something changed to where, you know, back when, you know, you were full time, heyday, whatever guys drove you know they did their burnouts whatever then drove to victory lane now it seems like even before the the on-track interview started you would do your burnout then you're getting out on front stretch you're running around you're going to get the flag from the flag man and i think that's probably what gave them the idea well if this guy's out of the car running around anyway let's just do an interview there while he's out of there so i i feel like like i 100 agree with you like it was awesome to just watch a guy drive down you know do a burnout whatever even before burnouts maybe but do a burnout then drive down pit road get high fives from whoever Pulling to victory lane, yeah. like you said, now he's sitting there. The guy's coming to the window, high fiving him. But like, I feel like a little bit got lost because they would they would do their burnouts and now get out. Kyle standing on the hard. But even think about it after the race. Like I've invested four hours of my life. I want to hear from the guy that got crashed. I want to hear from the guy that that ran third that had never run third before. Like let me let me see the interviews. Like we're in such a hurry to get off the air. That part also drives me bonkers. That's so. Freddie's brings up a great point. The driver started going and getting the flag. That started becoming a thing, right? And now every every driver's programmed to drive to pit, you know the flag man and get the flag, right? Now, and to your point, the reason why we do the interview on front straightaway is because TV's in a hurry to get off the air. The more races that we push onto big networks instead of like NBC Sports Network or Fox Sports One, when it's on the big network like Fox or NBC, they are in a massive hurry to get off the air and get the next programming back on. There's a whole there's a whole other world out there. That's ready to sh- you know to put their their, their show their show on. Yes. NASCAR is not important, right, to them. 
And so they're screaming, going, when's this coming off the air, right? And so NASCAR, we're everybody on a TV truck, and everybody's scrambling trying to close the show. So to your, I think we got to find a way to at least give ourselves that 15-minute, half hour to, to do all this the proper way, get all yeah. the right guys interviewed. That drives me nuts when Same. I when I get on get off the when I get off the air and look at my phone and all I see is people complaining because we didn't interview second, third, fourth, fifth, or hear from the guy that's never run in the top ten. I'm so frustrated for the fan at home uh, that that's what he's thinking about right now. Right? He should be sitting there going, "Man, I had a great time watching this race. That's awesome." Yeah. Not damn. Why they had the rush? I've seen that right. the other night. Landon finished second. That's a career best for never him in Xfinity. And I don't think he ever. I mean, I seen like Weaver in them interviewing, but, right, but I don't not, think he ever got a TV. Those guys understand that that feat un- right there. That's yeah. unacceptable. Yeah. And and I so you know figuring out how to get all that changed, be able to build in that time so we can have plenty of interviews and get all this stuff done that needs to be done, that deserves to be done at the end of the race and reprogram the drivers to get them to where we want them to go, right? So they're not dragging their feet, waving their flag, or doing whatever it is they want to do. I'm, I'm going to tell you something, man, and I'm not saying this because you're sitting here. We're lucky to have you still so involved in the sport because you're in a position where you are paid by the network to cover the sport that you love, but you're still very honest. I mean, to sit here and say the things you just said, I don't know that all the broadcasters would be that transparent because because – Obviously, they want to have a job. They need to have a job. You're you're able to be in a position to still be a race fan, a broadcaster, and still look at it from the 360. And and, and when you say that, the fans at home are like, yeah. They, I mean, because that's what I want to hear, too. TV shouldn't be in a hurry. Two weeks ago, you said he shouldn't be allowed to broadcast because he's got a vested interest in what's going on on the race track. You did say that. I, 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 I agree. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I don't know what I'm sitting here. From an Xfinity so series like racing standpoint, beep, beep, beep. Dale Jr. should not be in the booth on, on during Xfinity race. I, I told him, um, I went into uh, meetings today and I said, I don't think I want to do a play-by-play this year because I with four cars out on the racetrack, anything going, I don't need to be that guy. If something happens like we had, if, if what happened at Martinsville happened while I was in the booth, I don't, I, I don't need to be there. No, yeah. you don't in need to be moment. in that position no. for your sponsors. No. no. I don't think the fans. Well, want we me. saw that even with I think Jeff and Harrison at a couple of times. You know, like yeah. you don't want Jeff like if that happened to Harry, if that's yeah. Harrison, like you don't want Jeff in yeah. that moment. And he no. did a couple. He did a good job of hey, he's going to oh, handle you, himself. You try, you try, you try to do your best, but yeah, it it's needs not to be fair some, to you. In that moment, you realize like someone else needs to be standing where I'm at. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right, listen, we still got this Dirty Mo Media Ultimate Experience for Charlotte wide open. Coca Cola 600 May 29th. Private suite, private parking, private bathroom, all the beer you can drink, couple shots of Fireball, hang out with me, Freddie, TJ, Mike Davis, never know who else might stop by. Casey's coming. Is Chloe coming? Easy. Maybe Chloe will come. We'll see. Oh. Depends on if it's her nap time. I think I'm going to make Joby come work that weekend. I think I'm going to make her work in the suite, let her see what it's like to, to, to be me for a day. Oh, oh. she yeah. wants that. All right. Well, I don't think you guys want to miss this one. I can't imagine spending a race day any other way. I don't the, know about you guys. I mean, the fringe benefits of it, you get your own private parking pass, which parking is always kind of a nightmare. At Charlotte. I love their parking um, there, too. It's the best. Yeah, it's, easy, it's the best there. You get your own private bathroom, which 600 miles, you're going to need it because you're going to drink a lot of beer during 600 miles. Probably a shot of Fireball. You might find that in your uh, in your. I don't even know what we call that little gift bag. A swag bag, man. All you can eat uh, food, all you can be, all the beer you can drink, all the beverages, I guess, too. There's probably going to be water and soda, but who needs that? Uh, but, I mean, like we talked about, we'll be there. Mike will be there. Casey will be there. 
Um, Jordan Taylor, I believe, is supposed to show He's up. Also for these George. Yeah. George, um, I mean, listen, don't you better jump on this quick because there's not a whole lot of them left. So don't miss your chance here. If you want to go see the new car, and I think it's going to be a good race. We tested there, and I think it's actually going to be it's a narrow track. I think it's going to be good. Um, why not have a great seat for it? In, inside, like Brett said, all you can eat food, put drink. Put your scanner on, listen to TJ Put your spot. scanner on, yeah. I mean, raffles. Do it all. I think yeah. last... I'm assuming, like last time, I think everybody that was in the suite won a raffle. Prize. I know it seemed like you're gonna leave there with some major swag, no matter what happens. Yeah, yeah. cool swag. Yep. So, like Freddie said, jump on it. We'll see you there. See you in Charlotte. All right. Well, do it right now. Go buy some tickets. DirtyMoMedia.com. All right. Let's hear what our listeners have to say in reaction theater. Engine, engine number nine. I'll tell you, if they don't hurry up and pick this track, I'm going to run out of beer and cigarettes. Okay, so TJ, look at the date all the time. Let me tell you this date. Hey, Freddie, just letting you know, we got the beige GMC out in the parking lot in case you want to have Bubba come out and hit us. Like you said, everything held on the track, so. Hey now, Jason, got a message for you. Get out of Dillner's ass. Reaction Theater starts now. If you got a question and it's burning deep inside, you searched all night on Google and you just can't seem to find. Well, I got your solution and it's a hit with all the boomers. Just hop on Twitter and ask Junior. <laughs> ask Junior. <laughs> For all your burning needs, ask Junior. This is going to be number one hit. Just I call like on little Lee, ask Junior. <laughs> and he might answer back in an uninterrupted segment without Mike Davis and Matt. <laughs> ask Junior. <laughs> Rick Griffin's favorite segment. I love it. That made my day right there. Hashtag Ask Junior. We've got the most talented listeners. Jason has graduated. Oh. He's no longer the... Oh, boy. That Get out of... <laughs> oh, my oh. goodness. That was good. That was, that That's was very awesome. good. Thank you I for can't that. be the only one who is absolutely tired of watching Haley Deegan get beat up every week on the track. Like, it's to a level of disrespectful at this point. Like, Johnny Sauter, that was some bull crap, dude. Like, I get short track racing. I love some bumping and banging, but you can't just run somebody up into the wall because they're hanging tough on the outside. Like, that's bull TJ, you guys did a really great job getting that thing back in there for a top 20 finish. Freddie, you suck. Brett, <laughs> you're the best. Holla. Well, that is true. So there, the best, so. She sent me uh, um, some clips of a spotter lining up behind her telling the guy, his driver... To literally drive through her, drive through until she runs out of talent on a restart. That's that's great. That's interesting. That's good, huh? Who did that? I'm not gonna say it right Why now. You cut it out of the show. Um, <laughs> but that's the way people run her. Like they don't even try to pass her. But thanks for the uh, thanks for noticing. Um, it happens a lot. Johnny said he got loose after the race. Not a word during the race. To me, that's just covering it up because you know if a driver messes up, right when you mess up, what do you do? I'll tell that guy I'm sorry. Would you come down and tell me yeah. at Fontana when Bubba cleaned out Brad? 
Hey, I know, you know, but I'm just, for, but you know, I'm just yeah. sorry. Bubba said, sorry. Okay. Well, that's all it is, man. It's yeah. over. We can't change it. Right. Yeah. There's no sorry. Oh, I got loose. No, you ran under the fence because you were trying to do it a little bit more every lap, three laps before. Yeah. I mean that, I mean, uh, obviously Haley gets a lot of it too, but that whole series from like <laughs> eighth to about 15th is, is like disaster, the danger zone. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> That's why I said Knoxville, you can't take the trucks in Knoxville and think you're going to have, you know, it's just bad, bad habits. Ty Gibbs, he can dish it, but his ass <laughs> definitely can't take it. Barely gets bumped out of the way. Says that the one was getting in his face when clearly he gets out of the car, goes straight up. Mayor takes his helmet off right away because he's a man. Gibbs just straight up sucker punches him in the face. Then in the, in the bull punch. interview afterwards says, oh, I was on the other end of it anyway last week. That's just racing. Well, if it's just racing, then why'd you go f***ing punch him? <laughs> Hi, Gibbs. You are a <laughs> TJ, you're cool. Everybody else, you're cool. Brett, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> this shit. He didn't sucker punch him. No, no, he didn't sucker punch him. He's looking at him. Ty did say to me, he's like, I just snapped. Oh, he, he, he he snapped. We noticed. <laughs> now I'm a big fan of NASCAR letting drivers sort their shit out this man Lewis? to man. <laughs> but one thing I will say is if you're going to be the one to throw the first punch, no matter how much you're getting pushed about, if you're going to throw that first punch, you make sure you take your helmet off. Because now you just look like a f***ing idiot. <laughs> Keeping your helmet on, you just look like a bit of a f***. Now I'm a Gibbs fan. I like the kid. But if you're going to throw those punches, take your helmet off. I oh. need that guy on here for a segment every week. I want that guy to leave like a voicemail for I me. I thought that was you. Is that how you doing no, a little not, I can't do that one. <laughs> I want that guy to give me like a pump-up speech in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> After that Xfinity race at Martinsville, Mayor should have taken Ty's helmet off of his head and shoved it up his ass. <laughs> Speaking of rear ends, Joe Gibbs needs to pull his head out of his own and stop prioritizing his freaking grandson over the rest of his drivers. How do you expect the rest of your drivers to do well when you've made it abundantly clear you do not give a shit about any of them except your own grandson? I have never in my entire life of watching NASCAR seen a team owner look so disappointed and so upset after one of their boys won. I was going to say, didn't Brandon Jones win I know, the race? I was getting ready to say the same thing, but then he, then he actually brought that up. And I'm pretty sure Denny celebrated the week before. I think Coach is in a tough spot, man. Oof. He is. He's you can tell. Tough at, spot. You can tell. I don't think he knew what to think. If you see the videos after him after the race, he's kind of like, do I go to Victory uh, Lane? Do I go to the fight? Yeah. I don't know where to go. Ty oh was going to cross this bridge at some point. Oh, it, this was coming. It. Yeah. Some of these drivers these days I just don't understand I get bent out of shape And decide to make a stand But one thing's changed From way back when Is we got little boys That pretend to be men So take your helmet off Don't be a little don't think you get a free shot cause your granddad is rich. Take your helmet off. Take the hit like a man. If you didn't hear me first, then I'm gonna say it again. Take your helmet off. Time gives, take your helmet off. People are upset about that, huh? 
I'm surprised uh, at the volume. Now, I'm not surprised that people are saying it, but the actual volume of people I saying it. I think it was because yeah. Freddie brought it up last well, week. I just think that I think that Ty makes himself very easy to dislike, and then people just gravitate towards that. You know, if you know if anything he does is going to be scrutinized a little bit more than anybody else, just because of the way the last month has been going for him. He may as well just go full villain mode. Well, plus, that's what Jeff Gluck said on social media. He said, man, he might as well just be the heel and embrace yeah. it. Yeah. But I think the helmet off thing too is is uh is um last year uh Chase and Harvick yeah. at Bristol. You know, and there was a bit of a discussion after that about helmets on and off. Yeah. Clint Newman, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's all kind of boiling over. Chad needs to stop simping for fing Hendrick in the booth. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like it is just so obviously fing biased. And he's like, Oh, Lars is coming back. Lars is not even in the top 10 right now. Like, what the f*** out of here, man. (laughs) That was me. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't remember doing that. I was was pretty pretty just a couple beers. (laughs) What lap was that? About 300? I I honestly don't remember doing that. (laughs) Thanks for calling in. (laughs) I've seen two things. On the Cup Series broadcast, that pissed me off. Number one, this new car made the short track racing at Martinsville very boring. But the part that set me over the top is when they zoomed in on the sign that said, No more hot dogs! That's the only thing that Martinsville is known for. And they went and they f***ed it up! <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Probably oh, breath that ate yeah, them all. Still, show that on television. I don't know. Listen, yeah. <laughs> Martinsville. The prices in Martinsville for hot dogs is two dollars. The best in the on the circuit. Like Martinsville is awesome. They, I mean, they got a. Did you see the little thing they had set up when fans would come in the gate right there? They had uh, clay, a stand up of clay in the clock. Like yep. you could take a picture with it, which is pretty cool. But um, yeah, Martinsville. And I guess uh, you, I saw your tweet that I guess there used to be a Taco Bell there. I didn't know that. Somebody was telling me about, remember you, when you raced there in the uh, late model, they had a Taco Bell over uh, underneath the grandstands in turn one. And I did screw Hobus because, I mean, we went over on a late model race and if you qualify in the top 20, you get to enter a crew guy into the taco eating contest and Hobus was pissed. I qualified 27th. We were the, we was 106 cars, 27th, first car to go on track and I screwed him. So I'm sorry, Hovis. You would have so you, you would have done better if you weren't the first car. Is that what you're getting at? No, I was nervous, as <laughs> dude. So I think the, I think the truth of the, the, the truth of the matter is is that Martinsville had better ticket sales than they anticipated. They sold more hot dogs than they anticipated, yeah. so they didn't have enough. We had sort of the same thing going on at Atlanta. Um, they didn't expect the crowd that they were going to get there this past year, and there was a lot of things that fell a little bit short in terms of amenities and so forth. So maybe maybe they just didn't realize there was going to be that many consumed. They're good. It no looked delayed. like I know after my race on Friday, <laughs> there was a bag of thirty of them son of a guns on the roof of my car. <laughs> thirty. Thirty. Wow. Yeah. I, I I think it was the pit one that they showed on TV, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah so it that's not a surprise. Yeah. The boys were down there eating them all race. There was long. nothing else to do, it was a snow delay. Well in the garage you can either get them all the way or plain. There's like no plain. in between. Hmm. I can't yeah. do I can't do the all the way. It's yeah. it struggles for me. Well, what part of it? All of it. I don't think. Really? I'm a, a kind of oh, mustard guy. Like, just you don't like mustard? mustard. I like, I like mustard. mustard. Mustard, ketchup, chili. That's how I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Me, me too. And I, the, the slaw, I had to just deal with it. And onions. But 
It was good. That was the most honest and insightful moment in 10 years on a Fox NASCAR broadcast. Clint prodding Chad to say, hey, why has the short track racing not been as good lately? And then Chad actually spoke it. The ride height rule. Oh my gosh. I'm sure they both spent the after the race in the uh, NASCAR hauler. And the Fox producer dumped that race to commercial so fast once he said it. But my gosh. God, it made that entire race. It was, it was, it was wonderful. Oh, boy, I saw some comments on social media about that. Yeah, that's part of that's one thing I throw into the bucket of you know something they could try to consider doing is raising the car up. Well, my grandpa owns a company, so I can do just what I want. Nobody's gonna stop me from being a little. <laughs> Jesus. So when I throw my punches, I'm wearing my helmet. My name is Ty Gibbs, and I'm a little. <laughs> I didn't get to see Jeb at all this weekend. <laughs> He's so good. Oh, the songs man. are getting more and more aggressive. They are. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's the end of it. That was that was that was probably the, the most aggressive one we've had in a while. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that guy has written, written he's wrote a lot of songs. He's for got us. an that album. Was, yeah, he yeah. should. It should be the DBC album of yes. Jeb songs at the end of the year. That was great, oh, boy. All right. Well, you two can leave an audio message twenty four seven. Just go to anchor.fm slash clear and click the message icon. We'll keep playing the best ones each week on the show. Offer pad question of the week. Did the Easter Bunny stop by your home as a kid? And what was your childhood Easter like? Dale? Super traditional. Baskets. Um, yeah. Candy. Egg hunts. No, we weren't really uh, doing the Easter egg hunts and hiding stuff. But just, you know, whatever. We, there would be some at church or whatever. You know, something, something community driven. And then we'd have the standard stuff at home. DJ? Yeah, same thing. Get the Easter basket in the morning. Little things throughout the day. Usually me and my cousins, when I was really little, we all got together and had a big family Easter egg hunt, and that was kind of fun, but it's tr- very traditional stuff as well. This is going to surprise y'all. Myrtle Beach, Sunrise Service, Ocean Lakes Family Campground, uh, every single Easter growing up, man. Uh, I'm actually leaving here to go to Myrtle Beach as soon as the show's really? over. So yeah, Boy, my mom's down there. That's why you're in such a good mood. Yeah, I, know, he, he mood. I can't wait to get to Myrtle Beach. But sunny, yeah, sunny left for the whole way. I mean, and, and I mean, that's my childhood memories of Easter is, is Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Same thing for me. I think just baskets of chocolate everywhere. Gigantic chocolate Easter bunnies. Um, I think we used to do Easter egg hunt with like the plastic eggs and they'd be filled with change and yeah, dollars. Yeah, once in a while you'd find one with like a dollar or something. Yeah, there was always yeah. one hidden that had like $5 yeah. in it or something like that. But yeah, just super traditional stuff. Well, go get a cash offer on your home today with our presenting sponsor, OfferPad.com. Well, I am very excited to share that Xfinity is back supporting Dirty Mo Media and both Dale Jr. Download and DBC. But with DBC, we've got our Xfinity XFi more than fast moments. So let's head into our first one. You need more than just speed to compete in NASCAR. Where did we see teams need to be more than fast this week? All right, I'm going to go with uh, Brandon Jones beats out teammate and professional boxer Ty Gibbs to win the Xfinity Series 
race. That'll be my Xfinity more than fast moment. My Xfinity X5 more than fast moment. Hands down is how fast A.J. Allmendinger swept in and won $100,000 after Mayer tried to win it by wrecking his rival. My Xfinity more than fast moment is how fast Ty Gibbs got those punches off. (laughs) He got a two-piece in there before Sam Mayer even knew it happened. Uh, But quick, you know, that's one. But obviously, shout out to William Byron. More than fast. Dominated the second half of that race on Sunday or Saturday night. Excuse me. Uh, With the leg race restart to beat them guys. But yeah, he was on a rail. So that's my Xfinity more than fast moment of the week. Here on Dump Up Clear, being more than fast is just a way of life, man. Thankfully, there's plenty of weekly action on the track for our Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. The unit else is more than fast. Xfinity X5. Your devices can stay connected with Wi-Fi coverage that delivers the speed your devices need. And you'll also get the reliability and security that keeps your crew connected and protected. Being more than fast on the track means you have what it takes to win. When it comes to Xfinity X5, it means you can do more of that with faster internet. Follow Xfinity Racing on Twitter to see more Xfinity X5 more than fast moments and remember to vote for your favorite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What an idiot, man. All right. Time for what an idiot. Freddie, you're first. I hate to say that because his boss is sitting here with us, but I have to give it to Sam Mayer and only for the fact of you cannot give an interview and say the guy's punch is weak as hell while your eye is swelling shut. <laughs> You you can't go out there looking like Rocky and Rocky Four and tell him you, I didn't barely felt that uh, you know I I don't know you I don't, I, I gotta I gotta give you the award for that. <laughs> oh, there's so many because you give it to Sam Ty, most of the Truck Series drivers. Um, but I'll give it to I'll give it to Dale Junior. Oh, what the hell again? Why? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you didn't yell at me this week, so you're kind of an idiot for not yelling. Oh those years are pretty comical. Can't, um, can't win. I cannot win. <laughs> you um, and Davis are on a run on this one idiot segment. Yeah, I mean, I, really, there's so many other ones to pick from, but I figured I'd get a good laugh with that. So <laughs> I'll just give it to you. Um, I think probably the uh, the person that made the final call in the tire compound. Um, I would have. We need tires that wear out. Uh, burn off, slow down. And so, you know, if there's, there's a lot of things that are playing a role in what we, uh, you know, how the car performed shifting and other things we've talked about. But one of the key things, Brett said it earlier in the show, one of the most important things about race cars is what connects them to the road. And that's the tire. And so <clears throat> I would, we've talked about a lot of things here, but um, we got to get a tire that, that, that wears out and makes some drivers struggle. Right. I think it's whoever made a hot dog order. How do you run out of hot dogs at a freaking track where all you do is promote <laughs> hot dogs? If they don't sell, you can freeze them and sell them at the next race. Order enough hot dogs next time. It was a good problem to have. They had what too an many idiot. people. Got to order hot dogs. Need more wieners. Let's snare my say that. <laughs> Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. 
Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Time for DBC Picks. Jason, congratulations. You won at Martinsville with Ryan Blaney. Brett. Brett and TJ and Jason lead Freddie and myself with a score of two wins to one. Brett, you are up first. Kyle Larson. Freddie. I don't do it. <laughs> There's two guys I want to pick. I thought Brett was going to take one of them. I did too. Um, I'm going to take Tyler Reddick. Mm. Well, I could either go C Bell, who I know that's who Casey wants to pick. Um, Why'd you pick him? Imagine. She couldn't wait to pick him. I know. She couldn't wait this long. Loves him. Um, I'm going to go with Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon. That's solid. A, solid pick. a lot of dirt experience there. Oh. Now I can't decide. I'll go Chase Briscoe. Solid. Everybody's dirt. Christopher dirt. Bell. Oh, we're, well, all going we're just going all dirty. All dirty. I, I mean, I'm really surprised. If you like it, dirty, this is the week for you. I mean, yeah. I mean, why hey, would you me? hear about? Did you hear about that deal with uh, the the Decker lady? She all got in a confrontation. Somebody said what? Ooh. And then my question back was, did Natalie Decker? Who's she got? Oh, like a fight or something? <laughs> you didn't get it, I, Natalie I Decker. Know, we got it just wasn't that funny. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I make myself laugh sometimes. Good Did she actually get in a confrontation? No, that was just so funny. For you. I just set you up for that. Yeah. Woo. Rumor. Woo. That's nice, how rumors get started, nice Brad. Thank you, as always, to our amazing presenting sponsor, OfferPad, and to you all for listening each week. And, and Dale, thank you yeah. so for much finally. for coming on the show. I'm so sorry TJ called you an idiot, but you can make up for it. Hey, yep. who do you think wins this weekend before you leave? Who do I think wins? Yeah. Um... Hold on, where they going? Don't give him no picks. Where, where Bristol, dirt. Bristol dirt. I mean, I'm waiting on Larson to show out, you know? Yeah. At a, at a dirt race. So would you pick him for DBC picks or would you save him for another race? Save I him for a different this. dirt race? No, yeah. another race. He's so good at like everywhere else. Yeah. I mean, there's other, you know, there's uh, Christopher Bell and a couple other guys that, that, you know, Reddick. I think, you know, RCR haven't had a lot of influence on developing this car and designing it. Uh, they're gonna, they're having and going to have a really, you know, up upscale or you know, uh, they're gonna overachieve uh, this whole season. So Reddick comes into play as a true threat for the race this weekend. Um, it'll probably be somebody who's never raced on dirt in their that's life. That's the weird thing to happen. <laughs> you know? I don't get that. Yeah, somehow yeah. or some way, some guy that's not got any experience or did no prep is gonna probably win the race. <laughs> um, hasn't been to Millbridge, <laughs> but uh, I would, I would, I'm, you know, you gotta go if you don't want to waste a Larson, go Reddick. 
Yeah. Well, we appreciate you jumping on here, Thanks, man. man. Have fun. No I enjoyed it. It's about yeah. time. Martinsville is a really I good t- weekend. I'll try not to make it a regular thing. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> we had a good time in the race, and it was a good week. So, Do you want to replace Brett every week? Yeah. yeah. You can be I myself. do not. No. <laughs> you guys, this is a... Y'all doing some good work here. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad to come experience it. Well, thanks for jumping on. Jumping appreciate in. It. Yeah, appreciate Y'all keeping coming. the whole sport honest. Yeah, thank you. Oh, we need we're it. We're trying. Yeah. Remember maybe, that. Remember that when we get the next. Don't go to uh, the NASCAR hauler again. We will call you when we need you. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I get a little credit. Finally. We, I listened to that whole episode where y'all went on wow. and on about going to the NASCAR hauler. Not once did they mention that well, I went. They did after the show. After the show. No we, one's we, listening, man. We, we didn't, didn't know, know if we could. We didn't know if you were hey, here. The only reason we didn't get in deep is because Hell Jr. went. That's the truth. Yeah, because you're, hey, kick me if I don't, if I start talking. You wouldn't shut the Oh, that's because when he asked the question, Dale Jr. looked at me and, and put his hand out like, Brett, you go first. Yeah. He said, Brett, this is where you say, I'm sorry. Thank you for having us. Then we're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah, hot word. <laughs> hey, Dirty Mo Media fans, do not skip this because we've created a once in a lifetime event just for you called the Dirty Mo Media Ultimate Race Experience. I am here to tell you that we have packed this thing with so many perks and accessories and add-ons that this is hands down the best ticket and the best value in all of NASCAR. Here's why. A single ticket gets you a comfortable, cushy seat in a climate-controlled luxury suite where you are treated like royalty. You also have all-you-can-eat food and drink and beer, plus a parking pass, radio scanner to listen to your favorite drivers, private meet and greets with Dirty Mo Media personalities, swag bags full of merchandise, pre-race pit passes, and there's so much more. It really is the ultimate ticket, but don't take my word for it. Listen to what our Vegas Ultimate Experience ticket buyers had to say. It was awesome. It rocked. One of the the best race experience I've ever had. Meeting all three, uh, meeting all three, uh, Spotters. They were awesome. They answered a lot of questions. I won a free car, which is awesome. Just to actually talk and have normal person conversations, like more than just hi, signing that autograph sort of thing, but to have a real conversation. Yeah, it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. We hope to be able to do it again. You guys have to keep doing this. So you just heard it from them. Listen, come be a part of our next Ultimate Experience. It is on May 29th for the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Go to DirtyMoMedia.com right now and follow the prompts. It'll change your life, and it will change the lives of anyone you bring with you. Again, DirtyMoMedia.com is the site. Look for the Ultimate Experience link, or just go straight to it at DirtyMoMedia.com backslash Ultimate Experience. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.